Hey, welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be talking NFL Week 15, a pretty big one for many reasons, both on and off the field. We'll talk about the several games being postponed due to COVID outbreaks, the NFL changing its protocols moving forward for vaccinated players. We'll give our thoughts on all of that before talking about some of the stuff on the field. Big week for the AFC playoff picture, the Patriots and the Steelers games both playing huge roles in that. So we'll give our thoughts on uh, some of those games as well as some things on the NFC side. Packers pulled out a big win over the Ravens. Bucks shut out by the Saints. So we'll give lots of thoughts on football that has been played to this point this past weekend before wrapping up this episode with our best of 2021 in sports and pop culture. It's an annual thing. We do our final episode of the year uh, right before Christmas. We'll give out some sports awards like the best game, biggest superstar, best moment, biggest loser, and pop culture side, looking back on music, movies, TV, and more. Always one of our favorite segments we do every year. So with that, let's get started. After another week off, where, like we said last time, we'd probably not record an episode. So hopefully, no one was uh, surprised by that. But we will eventually get into that uh, weekly recording, especially with the NFL playoffs coming up soon. So uh, some of you might have been expecting the uh, cranberry sauce thing on Saturday, but uh, the snow up here in New Hampshire kind of it, it made it not as a uh, great timing to do that unfortunately yeah the one the one day it snowed here uh, yeah right it, it, as soon as i fly up here it's snow so yeah and i and i did i did drive out uh that that day because i had a haircut and i decided to do a little bit of shopping uh but i knew i couldn't do that much shopping because there was the storm and when i was driving home yeah it was bad and then mm. when, once i got home i texted you like yeah i I can't show up. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that's totally fine. I think that a lot of people's Saturday plans were affected by that. So at some point, you know, maybe we'll just end up in a double or nothing situation, and he <laughs> won't have to do it. But ideally, we can uh, we can do that for you because I know how much you love eating cranberry sauce. Yeah, I'm I'm just glad it wasn't the night before because uh, I'd imagine you saw my Snapchat and yeah, you're at I the Celtics the, game. Yeah, I went to the Celtics game, which was. Which is definitely fun. Even though they lost, it was pretty cool to see Steph Curry and Draymond Green and other players uh, on the Warriors in person. Yeah, it was and you just missed Steph's record-breaking game by one game, right? Yeah, that that that's a shame. Uh, that would have been pretty cool to see. But I mean, he, that was kind of a planned thing for Steph. Uh, where 
you know, having it in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So it made sense <laughs> uh-huh. that it happened that night instead of the garden. Yep. Um, I'm supposed to be going on Wednesday against the Cavs. We'll see if COVID has any impact on that. I know they had their game on Sunday canceled. So hopefully um, that's not a thing. And I guess that it's kind of a good transition into talking about the NFL because NFL Week 15, uh, we thought we were done with rescheduling games because of COVID outbreaks with vaccines, but that was not the case as the Cleveland Browns, Washington football team, and Los Angeles Rams all had huge outbreaks on their teams, causing their games to be delayed two days. We're actually recording this during the Browns and the Raiders game. Still have those two Tuesday games to go tomorrow night in addition to the originally scheduled Monday night game between the Bears and the Vikings. So I guess, first of all, what are your thoughts on the NFL having to postpone these two games uh, just based on some of the policies that we thought were in place heading into the season? Uh, I, I don't blame them for moving it to Monday and Tuesday. I mean, looking at the all the outbreaks on the Rams and the Seahawks and Washington football team with there there are, had to be what astronomical numbers last week, hundreds of players testing positive, not just those teams but other teams as well and way uh, more I'm, than I'm, we had seen in, at any point in this season. Yeah, and the uh, Omicron variant is definitely uh ruining our <laughs> lives right now uh as we head into 2022 but yeah the, this pa- that past this past week of of covid hitting uh the NFL was 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 as bad as it gets i mean this year i mean cuz last year of course was bad but this yeah. year is the first time we've had to have postponements moved into monday and tuesday and i'm glad they're not postponing it to next week at least we're not at that point at least no, not and yet. we didn't even get to that point last season without vaccines. So I don't know that we will, but yeah, I mean, I guess we sort of did with the the Steelers and the football yeah, team true. had a game that the, went yeah, into like the next Steelers, week. Well, the Steelers and the Ravens they had their game postponed six days from a Thursday to the following Wednesday, and then they had to move the Washington game from Sunday to Monday. So yeah, the Steelers were definitely victims of having games moved around. So I guess. Uh, so part of I'm me gl- is, has a bias when it comes to these games, like you know, teams like the Raiders being affected, having to you know be in playing this game in Cleveland on Monday, and now they have short rests, and you know they're already on the opposite side of the country. So I, I get the frustration of that, especially when you see that we just moved games two days just for like two people to come off the list compared to who would have not been eligible Saturday. But I also understand the league not wanting to kind of have these games move forward when you don't know who else will still come up positive, but they also went ahead and just changed the protocols now. So now if you're fully vaccinated, you're not being tested regularly. You can still be tested when you want, but now it's just targeted testing. If you're fully I'm vaccinated to- and asymptomatic. I'm so totally fine with, just- I'm totally fine with how they're doing it now. It's just, if you're fully vaccinated uh, or if you, Aren't in, not, if you're not showing symptoms, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, if you're, if you're fully, fully vaccinated and asymptomatic, you're not being yeah, regularly the, tested. Yeah, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be regular regular testing if you're in that class because I'd imagine a lot of those players who did test positive. I'm not saying all of them, but I'd imagine the majority of them are uh, either asymptomatic, fully vaccinated, or both. In this case, so uh, I'm I'm totally fine with the way they're doing it. I'm glad that uh, they're not postponing games to next week and beyond because I'm, I'm I'm glad that the NFL just pushes through even if they have to move it a day or two later I'm, I'm glad that they still want to power through these games even if 
Nick Mullins has to play at quarterback, third string quarterback for the Browns. I, I don't yeah, care. I mean, I I don't totally hate Nick Mullins having to play quarterback for the Browns and like what feels like a must win game for them. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I totally agree though. Is that why are we continuing to test asymptomatic vaccinated players? And I, like, it, it just feels like you're you're putting you're getting a bunch of positives that are not super meaningful is kind of the way that I'm looking at it. And I think that's how a lot of leagues and like, you know, people involved with them outside of the NFL, we're seeing it in the NBA and the NHL with a lot of these positive COVID cases popping up. You had Steve Eisenman, general manager of the Red Wings being like, I, you know, we care about health and safety. We don't want anyone to get sick and die, but our guys are testing positive, have little to no symptoms. Why can't they play? The Bruins were affected by that pretty bad. They had a whole week of games. Yeah. They had a whole week of games uh, that they were supposed to play. They got postponed eventually, which is good. But uh, there was one game where they went into the game without Brad Marchand and Craig Smith, who both tested positive for COVID. And Taylor Hall got asked about it afterwards. And he's like, yeah, those guys are fine. They're fine. They're fully vaccinated. Yeah, they're fully vaccinated. They're they're asymptomatic. They're completely fine. They should... we shouldn't be in this position. And then Bergeron tested positive and, 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 and other guys tested positive as well. And so it just, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of dumb if, if you're asymptomatic, fully vaccinated or to I mean, have isn't a test that, regularly. Isn't that the goal? Wasn't that what we were kind of told back in March, April, May, when we became eligible for vaccinations, you started to hear a lot more numbers, not just from the trials, but from the actual population who were eligible in the first place where it's like, yeah, you're not guaranteed to not get COVID, but if you do get it, it's just going to be like a cold or, you yeah. know, you're going to have relatively mild symptoms. Now, of course, in some cases, it's it's still extreme, but a lot of people, There aren't a lot even, of extreme cases. No, 99 I mean, even plus percent of them are very mild. Yeah, if, if you're fully vaccinated, you're likely not ending up in the hospital, or at least not ending up in the ICU, not ending up on a ventilator and not dying. And obviously, there are going to be exceptions just in any Thing in life is going to have exceptions and it's unfortunate for those who i guess the vaccine doesn't totally work for them but when you're thinking in the context within the sports world i'd be totally okay with them maybe adding some more restrictions and stuff and maybe you know trying to encourage mask wearing and of course booster shots and have that be a thing as well but you know the idea of just having to constantly test fully vaccinated players who are asymptomatic like that's not something that we're doing in the rest of society. So why are we doing that in sports leagues? Yeah, it, I'm I'm glad the NFL made the change for sure. Yeah, and I I guess you know in some ways it could lead to more spread of the virus, but it could also if it goes undetected, it's not going to lead to games being totally, you know, ruined, having to be postponed, having a bunch of guys just forced to sit in their basement watch the game for what feels like not a big reason. Now, again, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I, I'm i under the impression that Omicron is not really something that we need to worry about. Yes, it's more contagious, but I don't know that. I mean, based on what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like the symptoms are worse. It sounds like it's a much more mild version that the virus is finding ways it's to spread spreading easier. It's spreading faster, but it's not as But it's not contagious. hurting. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that is just fully vaccinated people are not feeling the effects of it, and there's a, enough people are vaccinated that are getting it, but... I, I don't know. And it, it, this might sound silly in a couple weeks if things look like they're actually significantly worse. But I guess the way I look at it is we should be getting to the point where the number of cases aren't changing our mindset. It should come down to hospitalizations and deaths. And if those are going up, 
especially if they're affecting vaccinated people, that's when we should start looking at what we're doing. Yeah, if, when, you, uh, when you Google the number of cases, it's wicked high. But then when you look at the number of deaths people and who hospitalizations, are actually impacted by it. Yeah, who, who, yeah the, the amount of people that are actually uh, really affected, it, that number is much lower than it used to be when it, of course, started without a vaccine and everything. Because when it comes down to it, if some 37-year-old dad in Yonkers, New York, tests positive for COVID, has a slight cold, has to stay home from work for a week, that doesn't affect you and me or just people in general. But if someone who's unvaccinated gets COVID and, and you know, in Florida, you know, somewhere, and they end up taking a hospital bed away from someone who has a heart attack and that person with a heart attack dies because an unvaccinated person is taking a hospital bed, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's that's the thing that you're, I'm still trying to wrestle with uh, and just because I, I don't want the healthcare system to get overrun. I don't want it to say this should be no. a free for all. I mean, in, in Raleigh, there's been a mask mandate since August. We had three months without it. For the most part, I didn't wear my mask when I went out shopping and indoors. And then I, they brought it back. It's like, all right, whatever, I'll do this. I feel safe still. I'm fully vaccinated, but I'll do my part. I'm not going to be some like viral video fight people over it but you know if that's a thing like i that doesn't matter to me at this point where it's like i still feel safe to do stuff and i'm not gonna worry and stuff and feel oh, like I, oh I, i'm asymptomatic like i gotta be really careful right now but it's just like i'll do whatever they want me to do but you know my thing on it where ever since i've gotten the vaccine i i definitely take I, I'm I'm not as careful because yeah, I, mean, I have that's a fair, vaccine. Because you're vaccinated, yeah, yeah. And I feel way I feel so much that safer. Anyone who isn't vaccinated and accepting the risk is they're doing just that. They understand that they're vulnerable and they don't care. They're selfish and they're fine if they get COVID and whatever happens to them happens. That's kind yeah, of the mindset that I think you and I have both had. Yeah, last calendar year, I was very worried about doing anything uh, outside outside of in outside and not indoors when it came to not having a vaccine and i don't i don't care if, if about the mask or not <laughs> yeah. like I, I, uh-huh. it helped a little but i, mean, I don't feel, i didn't feel safe that or that safe uh going out but with a vaccine yeah i, I i'll admit like i'm not as careful uh with the vaccine because i feel much safer yeah for sure and i mean i got my booster shot i one you know was starting to feel like oh maybe i need to be a little more cautious for a bit but now i'm i'm feeling back to safe i guess i I haven't i haven't gotten mine yet but i'd imagine i will at some point yeah i also got my shots like a month plus before you did so that's true but yeah i mean it's it's something again it's just like get your shots and you're probably not going to die from this especially if you're someone who's of a you know, good health, and I yeah, guess that's and, that's and, the mindset and, I have, and, and I think our, that we're in mid twenties. Yeah, we're not. We're and not. I I think that the sports leagues kind of adjusting their policies and taking a step backwards, I think is is totally reasonable at this point. Of the yeah, pandemic. for for sure. So, my expectation is we're not going to have games postponed anymore. We're not going to have as many players end up in protocols at we least probably in the will nfl s- we, we might see postponements but not as many as last season no and I, I mean at this point there's only a few weeks left in the season too so right. 
I guess from here, now that the NFL has implemented these policies, how long before the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball when it comes time, which who knows what things will be like in the, the spring, if, if Major League Baseball even has a season, and outside of that, outside of the sports world, how things get affected as well. Uh, because the NFL is certainly, it's a huge league. There are a lot of eyes on it. It's the biggest one in America. Everyone everyone cares. You know, Congress, medical professionals, like they're all going to be very interested to see what happens from here. So... Certainly, um, a lot of potential effects for better or for worse. So, all right, with that, let's talk actual football and let's talk about something uh, that is not controversial at all. Seemingly, everyone agrees on it, and that is Urban Meyer being fired by the Jaguars last week. Uh, very, very tumultuous tenure. A lot of things came up, and ultimately, Shahid Khan, the owner, um, and others involved in the organization decided it was time to cut bait less than one year into the five-year contract he signed back in January. Yeah, I love that uh, back in January, the Jags owner, uh, he was just like, yeah, I got this one right. (laughs) (laughs) No, There were a lot of reasons to question in the beginning in terms of Urban Meyer and how he would transition from college to NFL because, first of all, it's really difficult to do that. And second, he's a phenomenal recruiter. He's very good at taking the top talent and producing results. But that's not how it works in the NFL. He's a great recruiter, but... That doesn't get you really anywhere in the NFL. That that no. certainly helps in college, but in the NFL, that barely helps at all. Yeah, and I I think it's it's so crazy just thinking back to our 2021 season preview when we talked about the AFC South, and you, me, and Cam were all under the impression that the Jaguars were going to be second in the AFC South, like they uh, I said around third. 500. I said but third. I guess we all kind of saw them as a playoff. Yeah, contender. okay, yeah, th- I thought. I didn't think this move would work out, but I will say I thought for one year uh, with new coach, you got a shiny new toy at quarterback, and you got some mm-hmm. pretty good weapons around Lawrence. They had and a ton of pretty, cap space. Pretty good, they brought in yeah, a lot of guys. Of, yeah, a ton of cap space. Pretty, some pretty good players on defense. Uh, they took, what, Henderson the top 10 last year, who's not even there anymore, and they had the other great Josh Allen <laughs> on that yeah, side of the yeah. ball as well. And yeah, so I thought they could go six, get six wins or something like that. Their their yeah, total was it they're, felt totally reasonable for them to get yeah, five six wins with a chance to totally exceed expectations. Yeah, and their over their over under total for wins win loss record was was six and a half. So that was that was reasonable, and mm-hmm. I didn't think it'd work out in the long term. I thought eventually he would flame out. I'm even so, even though I did not think it'd work out, I'm still amazed about how quickly it did not yeah. work out. That's the oh, part I that I did not. I still didn't even see coming, even though I didn't care for the hire, especially since I, I'm not a fan of college coaches going to the NFL. I think Jim Harbaugh is the only one that really worked out. Outside of him, pretty much all of them have not worked out, especially someone like Urban Meyer, who is who's as arrogant as he is. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I wish, even though I didn't, even though I saw it coming that it wasn't going to work out, I'm still amazed that it it he got fired as quickly as he did. It's yeah. Just a disaster. Right. Well, because. There were so many opportunities throughout the season where it felt like, okay, he's gone. I mean, after the first game, people were already speculating if he was going to leave to yeah, go when, take the, when, the Southern Cal job. Yeah, when you lose the Texans without Deshaun Watson, <laughs> that's yeah, pretty and, bad. Like, get blown out by the Texans, too. People were like, Texans might go 0-17. And no, that 
didn't right away. Yeah, literally game one. It, yeah, <laughs> it just blew that away. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, the the whole incident at after the Bengals game, staying in Ohio, you know, getting caught in the bar with a woman who wasn't his wife, and you know, just everything that came out of that, and it just it felt like it was inevitable that he would get fired, but still kept his job, still had a bunch of other stuff pop up throughout the season, and then lately you have reports about him calling his assistant coaches losers, uh, you know, his players hating them, wanting yeah, to walk forget- out on the team. Don't forget when they hired uh, Chris Doyle for a week, and then oh, true, yeah. yeah everyone... I mean, that was back in June, or like, yeah, like, it, even it, earlier. So he tried, he tried to get Tim Tebow to play tight end too, <laughs> to make a <laughs> yeah, comeback I mean, in the <laughs> league. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not like a non-story compared to some of the other stuff. That oh yeah, he like did. The, the... And of course, uh, kicking his own kicker, saying do better, like just that, uh, that one, crazy that one behavior. A, that one was a little bit overblown because let's say let's say the Jags were what's their record two and twelve. They're two and twelve right now. Yeah. yeah, like what? What if they were twelve and two? And he says the stuff that he did to his kicker. Uh, that I I'd find it more humorous then but because it's they're two and 12 and not 12 and two you look like a dick <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean when, I, when, I you know what i mean i feel like an old school yeah. coach would say that to a kicker if well I, I, no the saying make your kicks is one thing but kicking him on his like the kicking part leg? okay i meant i meant the i meant the uh make your kicks you know d- dipshit part yeah <laughs> like no, i, I mean, thought that's but but yeah kicking him oh that's another thing how hard did he kick him like was it a soft tap or he like he like said it was enough. Kick. Well, so Josh Lambeau was like, he was blown away by it. He said, I mean, he wasn't like injured or anything, but he said it was enough that it was like significant. He was like, don't ever do that to me again. And Urban's like, don't tell me what to do or it's something stupid like oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, a very I... weird interaction. Like yeah, one of those you... things you're like, as a professional kicker professional coach you're like what why why is this a thing and just maybe it would be like a non-story if that was the only thing but just piling that on top of everything else i think it was just like all right what is what are we doing here why is urban meyer still the coach and you know it felt like a reasonable ending just given everything yeah, I, else before it i mean i thought that one was a little bit overblown but it's still not good uh, i mean and, and then like you said the Calling his other coaches losers, yeah. Even if he's and and then he had that uh, thing with Marvin Jones. I, I think it was Marvin Jones. Yeah, it was Marvin Jones. Was ready to like quit on the team basically, and he had to be like dragged back into the facility because yeah, th- he got into a fight or something with him. Yeah, those stories are pretty bad if they're true, and even if some of them weren't true, the fact that it's out there should tell you enough that like yeah we don't want this guy yeah well, to he totally him. lost the, lo- the locker room is really what it came down to <laughs> and i no none of the players respect him anymore and look the the team's two and 12 you can say okay maybe we overestimated the transition trevor lawrence would make maybe we overestimated how good some of the players they signed in free agency are and it's possible that well no it's really just that urban meyer just totally destroyed that team's culture but that's ultimately what it came down to is that this team sucked and urban was an unpleasant person to be around nobody wanted to play for him anymore so you just have to cut bait and you know hope to get it right next off season so yeah i I thought coming in the year the worst hire was the dan campbell hire but and yeah he's not the greatest but those players clearly love playing for him and and for good reason even if they're you only have two wins uh 
definitely much much better person to play for as a coach. Oh than yeah, Urban Meyer. Yeah, Urban I mean, Meyer was the worst. Almost opposite players in very similar situ- or opposite coaches in very similar situations. And there's plenty of reason to believe that Dan Campbell will stick around. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that the Lions beat the Cardinals on Sunday. Do we? We get confirmation sure. on that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, well, the Cardinals Twitter account still hasn't tweeted the final score graphic, oh. so I don't know if it actually went final. I mean, I, I'm looking now. It says, yeah. So they tweeted, Kyler Murray connects with Christian Kirk for a 26-yard touchdown on December 19, 2021, at 3:46 p.m. And then their next tweet was. The morning scramble recaps a tough game in Detroit and looks ahead to our Christmas Day matchup versus the Colts on December 20th at 12.01 p.m. <laughs> Still no final score graphic. Is there, a, is there any graphic of a weird bean? <laughs> no, everyone was responding with that, though. And that's that's <laughs> ridiculous. It's like they're, they post like ridiculous loss graphics for other teams, so why can't you just take the L, move on, you know, let Lions fans and the internet have their moment roasting you and just, uh, you know, be better next week. <laughs> bad loss for the Cardinals. I know Very it's side topics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And we, we, with that, I mean, we can start talking about some of the other action from week 15 because there were a lot of games this weekend uh, that have big playoff impact. And we can start in the AFC and, the week started with the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night football. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, an unreal connection in this one, 410 yards for Mahomes. Kelsey had 191 receiving yards, the most he's had in his career, including the game-winning, well, game-tying and game-winning touchdowns. So the Chiefs, with that win, moved into first place, and they remained in first place after some other games because the Patriots lost to the Colts and the Titans lost to the Steelers. So I guess with that, let's kind of talk about some of these games and the Patriots seven game winning streak going into Indianapolis, coming off a bye. The winning streak finally comes to an end falling 27 to 17, fell behind early, made a little comeback. Ultimately, Jonathan Taylor was too much for the Patriots. So I guess what are your thoughts on the Patriots at this point given that they now have suffered a loss they're now no longer the number one seed and they now have a huge game in week 16 against the Buffalo Bills to remain atop of the division yeah I mean I'm not panicking as Patriots fan about this game but it is a reality check uh, given how they were performing of late of course with their long winning streak but what I will say is for this game, the Patriots, they haven't really had, I don't want to say they haven't had any tests, but they haven't had a game really where they've had to come from behind by a lot. Because let's face it, the Colts were, even if the score wasn't that bad, they were certainly outplaying them for sure in that yeah, game. Yeah, when and you don't have any points in the first three quarters, it's uh, fair to call any <laughs> lead a, a big one. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, for Mac Jones, I think the, like the one game I can remember where he's had to come back and win was that Texans game in week what five? Yeah, back in week five. Which I mean, that that yeah. was a big we, comeback. Yeah, I mean, that was a big comeback, and that was good for him. But it's also the Texans and the Colts. The Colts are they're not great, but they're definitely better than I give them credit for. And Jonathan Taylor, he's had an amazing year running the ball, and 
that's that's it really came down to who can get the lead first because uh if if the Patriots were able to get a lead, I wouldn't have trusted Wentz to lead the Colts back. Uh, with I mean, he, he he's they not didn't even great. trust him with. They a, didn't, yeah, a they big didn't trust lead. him. He had twelve throws and he had fifty-seven passing yards, and so they were pretty fortunate they didn't have to have Wentz uh, do a lot in this game. And so uh, Jonathan Taylor has definitely been great. He's been carrying their offense, and it's concerning that I remember talking about this during the. Patriots wildcard game versus the Titans where oh they only have to stop they just have to stop their running back no big deal if they can stop him they could force the quarterback to make plays but then all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor just running all over him and even though they knew that's what was going to happen and that kind of concerns me because they still I feel like I'm on a, the longest broken record but they still can't stop the run that well they've gotten a little bit better but I mean, the, what, they faced the Titans a few weeks ago uh, against bat, their backup running backs, not Derrick Henry, uh, Foreman yeah, like and Dante Hilliard. Dante Foreman and Dontra Hilliard. Yeah. yeah, and they even ran pretty well versus the Patriots in that game. And, and Jonathan Taylor is much better than those guys. And, yeah, he ran for 170 rushing yards. And, yeah, he was a big difference maker. Yeah, a big 67-yard touchdown to clinch yeah. it at the end but as well. But even, even so, even though – uh, Jonathan Taylor ran all, all over the Patriots. I think it was the offense that was more concerning in this game. Like I said, Mac Jones, he, he was not good in the first half at all. And he he made some pretty bad mis- pretty bad mistakes. But in the second half, he rebounded a little bit. But again, it's we haven't really seen Mac Jones in that many high-pressure situations. They've been ahead a lot in these games. and so Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's been a big thing during the winning streak is not just winning games, but they've been winning games and blowouts. And, I mean, he only yeah. threw three passes in the crazy weather game in Buffalo. He didn't really have to pass a ton in the, the fourth quarter with yeah, he, big yeah, leads he, in <laughs> three, most of those games. Yeah, three passes in the Buffalo game. Like it was, That shows you that we could have been the quarterbacks in that game. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Quarterback yeah. in that game, and we probably would have been just fine with three passes. Uh-huh. And so, yeah... I, yeah, Mac Jones is uh, as the year goes on, he's gonna probably be more tests like this coming from behind or or in close games. He's been in close games before with the Bucks game. That was a high pressure game for obvious reasons with Brady. And he, yeah, and, and, he, he, and he didn't do by all accounts he, outplayed Brady. Yeah, and even though it was only one touchdown, he, he that was a game where he was able to handle the pressure. And like I said, with the Texans game, even though it was the Texans, it was a good comeback by him in that game and. So, yeah, he's been tested at some points this year, but for the most part, it's been a lot of blowouts or situations where he hasn't had to do a lot. And so it's a real wake-up call is what I'll say for for this game. And, yeah, it definitely hurts their chances at the one seed. But they're still a playoff team. Uh, but I will yeah, it would, say it would take a huge collapse yeah. to miss the playoffs at this point. But yeah. there's a huge difference for the Patriots in terms of being a division winner and getting one, maybe more two, possibly three playoff games and having to go on the road, especially when you have a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, who, you know, this is a big opportunity for him going into a fairly hostile environment in Indianapolis. And, you know, it it took him a while to get going. He did make some big plays in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, was able to take advantage of some mistakes by the Colts, but it ultimately it wasn't an amazing performance for him. And I think wake-up call is a, a good way to describe this one. Yeah, definitely. So, I guess on the flip side in terms of the Colts. So, you know, Carson Wentz, 5 for 12, 57 yards. He didn't have to do much. Jonathan Taylor ran wild in this one. So I guess a couple things I want to talk about with this one. And my first question is, how seriously do you now take the Colts as a 
contender in the AFC? I think they can make the playoffs. I definitely take them a little bit more seriously because one, of course, Jonathan Taylor, but two, their defense. Their defense is pretty good. Darius Leonard's a beast. I've always thought that, but he was a huge difference maker in this game. Uh, but even though I take them a little bit more seriously, I don't take them seriously as a Super Bowl contender or anything like that whatsoever because Carson Wentz blows. <laughs> I I feel like you gave up on Wentz much earlier than I did, and I still was like, no, yeah. I still want to see how he looks if he can get healthy or or now he's with the Colts. Like, oh, you know what? He's back with Frank Reich. Let's see how it works there with him. Nah, he sucks. <laughs> it, it's so, you know it's so, it. It felt like the best situation for him to have success in the offseason, but I I still didn't believe in the Colts. Part of the reason why I made myself high on the Jaguars was to go, you know, hand in hand with being lower on the Colts and Carson Wentz. So my initial reaction as well was like, yeah, this team, Carson Wentz, they don't trust him to throw the ball. They don't like they, they, they can't get anywhere in the playoffs. But then I thought a little more about it and. You mentioned it earlier, the Titans playoff game in 2019 against the Patriots, where it's like all you have to do is stop the run, and Derrick Henry so ran wild. Jonathan Taylor has been incredible this season, and you know Ryan Tannehill, he didn't have to do much as a quarterback, and yes, Tannehill, he's a much better quarterback than Carson Wentz. You know, maybe it's easier to scheme uh, against just Jonathan Taylor than it is um, you know, the Titans with Derrick Henry just knowing that they have other ways to score on offense. But it just feels like this team has has some possibility just given that blueprint that the Titans had when they were able to use their you know, very solid defense as well as a, an incredible running back to pull off two upsets over the Patriots and the Ravens. Kind of feels like the Colts have that possibility. In terms of getting the Super Bowl, you know, you need three wins. They could... Uh, certainly plateau when it comes to AFC championship game, especially if it's going in arrowhead like the Titans had to do a couple of years ago. But I I do think I'm taking the Colts a lot more seriously now than I did earlier in the season, especially when they started 0-3 and 1-4 and and they were losing games. And, uh, yeah, you know, that, 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 that bad, bad loss to the Ravens. Yeah, that felt like a really like season-ending type loss. Yeah. And they've, they've overcome that. And um, I think that this win, to me, the fact that they were able to win a game with Carson Wentz, Bailey throwing the ball, I think it says that, hey, like, yeah, there is a possibility for this team to rely on their run game and their defense to uh, maybe pick up a couple wins in the playoffs and make things interesting. There was a stretch for Wentz this year where he did look decent. Well, the thing with Wentz, he doesn't turn the ball over, but I'm watching this game and I'm like, is the reason why he doesn't turn the ball over because the other team just drops an interception every single time or because he just throws it to nobody? So, like, you know, no team can. Or he only throws 12 12 passes. Yeah, but it's like. He should have thrown five picks in this one. (laughs) Like, there are so many opportunities the Patriots had where they just kept dropping picks. And you could say the same thing about Mac Jones, where the Colts had uh, some bad plays that they they gave up. Uh, But. I, I, is that why Carson Wentz doesn't turn the ball over a ton? Because on the season, he's only thrown six interceptions, and it feels like he should throw way more just given uh, it feels like how so he much played. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I don't know. It feels like he should be pretty bad. I mean, he had that interception against the Rams, right, in week two, and he was like, was it the Rams or was it sooner? I just remember I one think, time I where he was, was. I think it was the Rams. When he was in the end zone, game. he yeah. could have been a safety, and he. 
just chucked it up for a pick six and said it's like well it kind of made sense but it's still just like a dumb looking play from the beginning so um that's the reason why i i can't take the colts as serious i mean i i do take them a little bit more seriously don't get me wrong but I'll admit I've lost complete faith now in in Wentz, I, and and and, and I and I've been holding on totally to that fair. little bit of faith. Like he he showed he was an M- MVP caliber quarterback one year. There's definitely physical traits to to his game, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I've been holding on long enough to. I I feel like I've seen enough now where it's like yeah I, I've I've given up to. Yeah, I mean on. some guys just can't come back from injuries. I don't know if that's all it is, but. It's, it's part of it, but it's def- It's not all of it. It's yeah, all of it. it's it's been tough um, watching Carson Wentz because he has, uh, you know, it seemed like he had a great career ahead of him, and it just hasn't worked out since no. then. Um, and I guess the other question: Are you buying Jonathan Taylor as an MVP candidate? Yeah, I, I think I think he deserves to be MVP I, for right now. That, that certainly can change. He would be in your a week. winner. Yeah, he'd be he'd be my okay. winner if the season ended to, today. Especially the way yeah. Brady played and okay, yeah, yes, Brady he lost three of his best weapons, but he got shut out by the Saints and and the Saints yeah, are, we'll, are, we'll, are we'll talk are, about that. I know we'll talk about that, but yeah. that's part of the reason why. Yeah, I know that that's fair because he was certainly up there because he would have been Rogers? my choice for the longest time, but that that game was bad and Jonathan Taylor against uh, a team that has that's led by Bill Belichick. For him to still put up that kind of production, that's why he he'd be for after this week he would be my MVP. If you ask me any other week, for like the past month or two, I probably would I would have said Brady as as a uh, the leading candidate, and I think rightfully so. He was definitely the favorite for a while, but uh, I would I would say Taylor, and then probably Rogers, and then after that, honestly, I'd probably say Cup, but he's not going to win MVP unfortunately, no. but. Um, he's because Stafford would definitely be a, a, a probably more likely candidate to win MVP than Cup, but it's probably between Taylor and and Brady still. But yeah, I mean, he's in it today. I, w- I would. I mean, there's Kyler Murray still going to be in the conversation. But yeah, he did miss three games. In the yeah, Cardinals yeah, he one, missed three games and he just one. lost the Lions. So I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. he has a shot now. So I think it's either I think it's a three way race between Brady, Rogers, and Taylor and. I would pick Taylor if the season ended today, but I'm sure my opinion would change within the next week or two weeks or three weeks or so on. The biggest thing Taylor has going for him is the fact that there is no clear-cut quarterback for MVP, yeah. and that's what kind of makes him a possibility there. But at the same time, it's like the, there are quarterbacks who are putting up MVP caliber seasons, so uh, you know we'll see with the voters. Usually ends up being a quarterback, and there, there's you know a few more weeks to figure it out, but... Did you, you think know, we, I was going to say Brady or Taylor or or, or Um I mean I guess I thought I I didn't necessarily think you would say that Taylor would be number 1. I thought you would at least say yeah, I mean he should be up there, but I didn't think that you would have uh, fully I I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have put him one for I I would have had him top 3 or 5 for the longest time, but after yeah. especially after that five touchdown game, but after th- this week, I know it was only one touchdown compared to five versus the Bills. But 67 yard touchdown run to put a game away. You talk is, about Heisman moment. That might yeah. be his MVP moment. Yeah. Uh, even though the Patriots just blew that on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that last play, it was, still was a good run by Taylor. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think he deserves to. I, another thing is, I, I've said this before, I think other positions deserve some love besides quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it's, it's always refreshing when you have someone who's not a quarterback win MVP. Hasn't happened since Adrian Peterson back in 2012. So, it does feel like we're due. Uh, so the Colts are eight and six now. 
and they're the top wild card in the AFC, but they're very much within reach to win the AFC South and even further improve their chances in the playoffs. And a big part of that is because the Titans lost to the Steelers. So there's kind of a nice thing for the Patriots is that they're still the, the two seed at least, which could, uh, you know, have a big impact if you get two home games versus just the one, but the, the Steelers beat the Titans Another game fell behind early. Offense looked terrible. At least the defense looked good in this one. Didn't go behind twenty nine nothing like they did against the Vikings. They still let Dante Foreman run for one hundred eight yards on them. And really, the the difference in this one was the Steelers forced four turnovers. Now they only led to four field goals because the offense could do nothing with the ball when they got it. But earlier in the season, I said the Steelers defense needs to force turnovers. They need to win the turnover battle. That's the only way they can win games just with this offense and its inability to, uh, you know, sustain drives more than a couple times in a game. So that was certainly huge in this one. Steelers playoff hopes are still alive at seven, six and one. It's certainly an uphill battle, especially with a trip to Kansas city looming in week 16, but uh, it will at least have <laughs> reasons to keep talking about them for, you know, a couple more episodes. Yeah, it's, there's only a few teams in the AFC that are truly out. Uh, I, the Jets, Texans, and Jags, and am I missing another team, or is that just those three? No, I, I think it's really just maybe those the Raiders, three but but Raiders. I mean, they're up thirteen to seven on the Browns right now, yeah, so, so, so we'll they get see. a win. They're still in it. So yeah, it's really just really just outside of those three teams, everyone in the AFC has a shot a shot still. So yeah, it's, it's a good win for the Steelers and. Even though I typically would root against the Steelers in pretty much any matchup they play, uh, just not liking them, of course. But in this game, I, I was fine if they won because one, it helps the Patriots in mm-hmm. in terms of uh, seeding, and two, I, I can't take the Titans seriously whatsoever. They, <laughs> if they're coming to that game. They're they're. The worst nine and four team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of that is because Derrick Henry and then, is yeah, and a lot, and a lot of, of is, other you know AJ Brown, but. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah no, it definitely it definitely hurts when you lose two of your best players offensively. I will say that, but God, they're 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 not they're not that good. <laughs> no, they. I didn't really know what to expect from the Titans in this one offensively, but they you know Dante Foreman running for a hundred yards not surprising given that you know Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift and Austin Eckler have ran all over the Steelers defense. Yeah, but those Joe guys Mixon. are like those guys are. T- Three of the what ten, five or ten best running backs in the league. Yeah, I mean they're they're, but, they're great running backs, so yeah. they're more reasonable than uh, the Titans doing that. But yeah, I mean Tannehill not great in this one. They had four no. fumbles, just really bad football. The on the, Titans the, the part. worst the worst one was uh, who, who the heck was it? it was it was it Swaim or Pruitt? Some tight Michael end. Michael Pruitt. Was yeah. It, okay, was it Pruitt who he was about to get tackled and then he didn't, and all of a sudden. He, <laughs> <laughs> the ball yeah. just flies after in the picking air. up a first down yep <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that one was that one was a backbreaker there there were some bad ones um you know there was a, a big big strip sack a big tip ball that led to an interception now Steelers ended up in good field position every time which is good because that was the only reason why they were able to get field goals that ended up being the difference in this one but yeah the it, Tough performance to the Titans. They they definitely need Derrick Henry back sooner rather than oh, later. Yeah. I don't it, know if they'll have him before the playoffs, but yeah, I'm I'm someone that doesn't value the running back position as much as other people. But when it comes to the Titans, yeah, if they don't have Derrick Henry, if they don't get him back, it's it's over for them. They they need Derrick Henry. Uh, 
Because not only is he, of course, one of the best running backs in the league, but that also helps Tannehill a lot more than he. Because because yeah. without without Henry, yeah, Tannehill, I don't want to say useless, but he's he's certainly not as effective as a quarterback without Henry. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of what makes Ryan Tannehill as good as he has been the past few seasons is the the help he's had at the yeah. running back position. And it, it's fair to kind of start criticizing Tannehill and saying, okay, well, yeah, if you give him a below average running back, he's not the kind of quarterback that you know, you want to believe he is. He is more like the guy that you thought he was in Miami. So yeah. not that I'm going to totally back off on him. I still think that, you know, he is a, a quality quarterback, but he, um, you know, did not have a great game against the Steelers defense, which was really needed because the Steelers defense has been terrible for the past few weeks, you know, giving up 41 points in back-to-back weeks to the Chargers and the Bengals, 36 to the Vikings this past week. The Vikings week, so. game was bad. That yeah, was I mean, that was a Dalvin bad Cook performance. wasn't even supposed to play, and he runs for 200 yards against yeah. them. So, yeah. yeah, really bad. But you had the two home games in that stretch where the defense played really well against the Ravens, forced turnovers against Lamar Jackson, and ultimately made some big stops when it mattered most. You used the same thing with the Titans. Joe Hayden coming back, he ended up being a, a welcome addition. He made some big plays. I think he he came away with an interception on a, a tip, or not an interception, a fumble recovery. I didn't know how they would rule it. Um, and he also had a huge tackle at the the end of the game where the, the Titans had a fourth and six, and they needed to get to the nine-and-a-half-yard line, and he, he tackled whoever caught it for the Titans short of the 10. So that was what... Ended up winning the game, so definitely welcoming him back. TJ Watt continues to be a stud, one and a half sacks in this one. He's at 17 and a half. He needs five sacks in the last three games to tie Michael Strahan's record. So certainly he might he might actually have a good shot at winning defensive player of the year, especially since I don't think Aaron Donald will win it this time. I I think Yeah, he his numbers aren't as as great. Like he hasn't had as amazing of a season. And maybe there'll be voter fatigue as well. And so I'd imagine Mm -hmm. he'll be uh Watt could be in uh he might actually have a real shot of winning this year, which I didn't think was possible after the way he performed last year and still not win it. But uh Yeah. I'd imagine either I'd imagine it's either him, Miles Garrett. Uh, or Micah Maybe, Parsons. Yeah, Micah Parsons or Trevon Diggs have a chance. But I feel or, like Parsons, or Diggs, was, right, him yeah, too. Parsons was rookie of the year. Just let, let yeah, one just of give the him guys just give him one of them, right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. How's Miles Garrett doing in this one? Is he playing? He's not one of the COVID guys, is he? I don't think so. He had COVID last well, I you could get yeah, twice. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that means anything. Just wonder if he has any sacks. Uh it does look like the Browns have Two sacks as a team, but Garrett is not involved in any of them. So, okay. We'll see. Obviously, there's still time for that one to change in this game. There's still eight minutes to go in that one. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be very disappointed if Garrett wins Defensive Player of the Year over TJ Watt, just given that that has become a another addition to the Steelers-Browns rivalry. But uh, Watt is certainly shown this year why the, the Steelers were willing to break with tradition and pay him not just the highest money for any defensive player, but the the highest guarantees as well. How do you feel about the Steelers' chances now as as a playoff team or or, or out, of so, the, out of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I guess when you look at the AFC North, the Bengals beat the Broncos. Would have been nice if they had lost, but the Ravens lost to the Packers, which we can transition to, and the the Browns. We'll see what happens in this one. But if they lose the Steelers seven six and one, I mean, they're only a half game back of Cincinnati and Baltimore. They're ahead of Cleveland. 
Obviously, having to go to Kansas City this week is a tough one. But the last two games, Browns and Ravens, they're there for the taking if they win those games. And it's like I I feel somewhat optimistic, like they feel winnable. But at the same time, this there's just been such inconsistency. And like you know, the offense it takes two to three quarters to get going, and the defense seemingly can't play well back-to-back games you know yeah. letting people run all over them so and then and then in terms of uh the week before uh when their offense finally gets going you get you got your one of your star receivers just pointing first down oh i know <laughs> and, just... and then just dropping yeah, the ball um uh, and then causing to not have another playoff or a play they could yeah, have had I mean, one or two more seconds. plays potentially could have had another play yeah, yeah. i know it was real real tough look on chase claypool's part with how that played out it was a very frustrating loss for a ton of reasons i mean you can't blame it all in claypool i think the defense giving up 30 yeah the, the defense deserves more blame that, but... don't get me wrong but it was yeah. pretty bad how that turned out and just yeah no i mean honestly my mindset at this point is one last ride for big ben i just want him to go to the playoffs and uh you know just one last time leading this bunch of ragtag team with the you know terrible offensive line inconsistent defense i just think that would be a nice little send-off kind of like the the poor man's version of his childhood hero john elway going out with a super bowl him just going out on a playoff berth doesn't even have to win a game when he gets there that's really all i'm rooting for at this point yeah the I don't know the, that their the last three games in their schedule though I I don't I wouldn't feel good. No, no, they're, of them, they're tough. Yeah, yeah. The, the Chiefs one is for sure the Feels, toughest, especially yeah, on the I mean, road. I'm ready to to call that one a loss already. Yeah, but Travis Kelsey's on the COVID list though. Yeah, so he, I, know, but he we'll is see. vaccinated and probably will. Yeah, be Yeah, so he certainly could play. So yeah, uh, but the Browns and Ravens games those are definitely toss ups that are probably nail biting games until the end. So. Yeah, the Steelers' seven games that they've won have all been decided by one possession. So, yeah. yeah edge of your seat no the entire wins. time. Yeah, no yeah. easy wins there. <laughs> uh-huh. So I certainly wouldn't expect anything less, especially against two division rivals. Now, the Bengals also play the Chiefs still. The Bengals-Ravens week 16. And then, of course, the you know the Steelers play the Ravens week 18. The Bengals and the Browns play week 18. So... You know, these teams are going to beat up on each other still, and you know we'll see what comes out of that. As of now, there'd only be one AFC North playoff representative, and you know the AFC West—they all play each other as well. AFC only, East, you still have the Patriots play the Bills and the Dolphins. So only one uh, participant in the yeah no the, the Ravens—they've AFC- lost three in a row. They went from being the number one seed in the AFC to out of the playoff picture with their. No, it just kind of blows Packers. my mind that they all have winning records. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, maybe not the Browns uh, if they lose. The- yeah, I mean the Browns, as of now, it's seven and six, winning record. Which I mean, they're, yeah, they're one game. Even, behind, even if they lose but... seven, <laughs> all every every team in that division has seven, at least seven wins, and so that that's why it kind of blows all my mind. above five hundred. Yeah, yeah, only one of them is in the playoff picture right now. Wow. Yeah, well, because the Colts and the Bills, so the Colts, the Bills, and the the Chargers mm-hmm. are. They're, wow, they, that's I mean, a they tight all, race. They all have tiebreakers over the Ravens when it comes down to it. So, yeah, it is a very tight race. It's very scary. That's another thing going against the Steelers. They're not just being able to win games. They need to rely on other teams losing games. Now, and that's one aspect is it that you're, you have opportunities to beat teams above you in the standings. But Baltimore and Cleveland, those two teams they play, well, they're both outside of the playoff picture right now. So they still need teams above them to lose. So... 
I guess you want to talk about Ravens Packers. I mean, uh, I Ravens guess. three straight games where they have lost by two points or less, and two out of the three they go for two, go for the win near the end, and they come up short. So I guess what are your thoughts on John Harbaugh's decision-making in this one against the Packers? Should we just replay what I said a couple weeks ago when they (laughs) faced the Steelers? Well, I will say that instead of facing a Steelers team that is is not as great offensively, you're facing Aaron Rodgers with an offense with Jones and Adams and others, and MVS had a good game, and so... So that one, I don't. I guess I don't hate as much as the one before because I think your chances in overtime are much better versus the Steelers than the Packers, especially since the Packers were scoring a lot of points in that game. But I don't know. I still hate it because one, I'll admit, there's still I just, 42 seconds left too, so there's still time for Rodgers to drive down in regulation. Yeah, and uh, that's a good point. Uh, but I still, still not a fan of it just because you could you could go into overtime and. And and try to win that way, especially if you win the toss and the way Huntley was playing. Hunt, Tyler Huntley was great. Uh, yeah, well, the Ravens had a ton of momentum. They were down thirty-one to seventeen, and it was thirty-one thirty at that point. Yeah, and so the moment momentum was on their side, and I I don't. People will say, well, well good for Harbaugh uh, trusting his players or putting all the faith in his guys that he 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 believes that they can win the game the way uh, on a two-point conversion. But I I hate it. I hate hearing that because okay, you're showing faith in your offense that they can score the two points to win the game, but what kind of faith does that show in your defense? It also tells them that, yeah, I don't have faith in you guys stopping Aaron Rodgers or or Ben Roethlisberger in the Steelers. Yeah, and, well, the, he also so, explained, yeah, all so, of our cornerbacks are injured. So that, that, I think that's yeah, so that's why I don't hate reasonable. it as much yeah. uh, versus the Packers than the first time around because, yeah – more injuries and a much better offense and quarterback that you're facing in this game than the the previous one. But I, it, even though you're showing faith in one group, you're also telling your other group of players that, yeah, I don't have faith in you, though, <laughs> if, so if that I makes have, any sense. No, and I, I do get that. And I guess I have a couple issues with Harbaugh's decision-making. And I don't know how much of it is entirely on Harbaugh versus their offensive coordinator, um, Greg Roman. I can't I think of his name? Greg Roman. Yeah, I don't know who calls the plays in that situation, but both times he's taking the ball out of his quarterback's hand. And part of the reason why the Ravens' offense is so great is the threat of the quarterback, not just passing, but even more so on the ground. And he has Lamar Jackson against the Steelers try to throw a pass to Mark Andrews, who's already having a bad game, and the execution just isn't there on either part. And then in this one, you have Tyler Huntley, who's forced out to his right, already taken away half of the field for him, and now he's in a position where it's okay. He has to throw to Mark Andrews again. Yeah, Mark Andrews, who's like the obvious guy. Yeah, who was playing an amazing game, but yeah, he there were at least two maybe three guys near him on on, on that play. Yeah, I mean, Eric Stokes was there. Darnell Savage was able to make a play, so... I think that the play call in, is a big issue. That's probably a bigger it. issue than the decision to go for it. It's, okay, well, if you're mm-hmm. going to go for it, you better have something The well Ravens drawn should up. be so much better at two-point conversions than they are. Oh, Even I, the game I, versus the Browns, I, they lost 24-22. to 22, They didn't get a two-point conversion in that one. I so, so agree with that. They, they should be so much Just with the dual threat of either Jackson or Huntley. Yeah. Should, oh, I know. I mean, It, it gets defenses need, to really think, all right, are they – gonna throw or are they gonna play action or is it a yeah a read option where they're 
They're not going to give it to the running back or or whatever. There are a lot of options when you have a dual-threat quarterback like those two. And so, yeah, for those to be the plays, even though the first time the play was there, Andrews was more open on that than the first time around than the second time. Still, like those are the best plays that you you can come up with yeah. on a two point conversion with with those quarterbacks. Uh, you would not. think that they'd figure out something else. Um, also, it looks like the Browns scored to make it fourteen to thirteen, and they have ball at the six. Did the Raiders turn it over? Quickly? I I I, <laughs> I, uh, I know you're watching. I, it, I had right? the TV on, but I turned it off because I wanted to concentrate on this. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't want. To, uh, I remember several months ago when the Bruins were on in the playoffs. I needed I that I wanted and kind of needed to have on, and but at the same time I wasn't paying as much attention. Like, this is Browns Raider, Raiders. Like I don't care as much for sure. So I I couldn't tell you. Okay, but, no. So it's just I think that the game cast was just a little messed up. They scored oh, okay. a. It was fourth and five from the six. They had a touchdown. It's a penalty on Cleveland. I don't know oh. why it was still showing that. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so in terms of the the John Harbaugh going for two thing, my bigger problem analytics wise, why didn't he go for two when he was down thirty one to twenty three? That was the time to go for two. And again, it's if you don't get it there, you get the second opportunity. And if you do get it there, it's thirty one twenty five. And then Justin Tucker's kicking the extra point to go up thirty two to thirty one instead yeah. of having to go for two to go up thirty two to thirty one. A lot of people were mentioning that uh, on Twitter. People I follow saying that like. Why didn't they go for two the first time to have that mm-hmm. option later? Yeah, so yeah, I mean that's what analytics say. That, Most that, coaches that would realize be, that by now. Yeah, that would but. be a bigger question actually. To, to yeah, I mean for, for someone it. like John Harbaugh who feels like I don't even know if it's analytics or just hey Lamar, you want to go for it? Let's go for it, and that's that's what it comes down to. It doesn't even realize what he's doing, but uh, you would think that he would be someone who wouldn't make that mistake. So yeah. I, um, I he's done this what three at least three times this year now where he's been in this big situation and he puts it on the players hey you want to go for it you want to go for it? you want to go for it <laughs> <laughs> just putting the if 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 the players end up failing uh, the less of the blame goes to him or he wants to deflect the blame uh which I don't know maybe yeah in in a way and so I don't know I'm I'm not a fan of it <laughs> so. Um, I guess it w- the Packers now 11-3, and best record in the NFL. They came to the week in a three-way tie with the um, Bucks and the Cardinals. We already talked about the Cardinals losing to the Lions. The Bucks last night were also a heavy favorite, and they lost to the Saints 9 to nothing. And in this game, Chris Godwin went down early. Turns out he tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette also left the game with hamstring injuries. They're week to week. They could be back this week. They could end up missing some time. Ultimately, not a great performance from Tom Brady and the Bucks. And there are certainly some questions moving forward as uh, injuries have affected this team a ton this year, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, but now the offense is really getting hurt uh, with Godwin done and you know Evans and Fournette question marks and we saw what happens when you take away Brady's best weapons. Yeah, he turns into Ryan Tannehill, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just Carson once. Um, <laughs> uh, um, a bad bad loss for the Bucks losing Chris Godwin. That you know if they lost this yeah. game, oh, I'm not. 
it would it would it would yes it would have been bad uh but we saw that last year they lost 38 to 3 versus Saints last year and it was a bad loss and they also lost to the Chiefs uh in that close game or sort of close game last year but then they they turned it around and they got on a roll and then they carried it into the playoffs and won but and so the loss wouldn't have concerned me that much because Brady he sucks versus the Saints and losing three of your best uh weapons on offense the combination of both those things just uh, is just disastrous for Brady but losing Chris Godwin is a massive massive loss I think he's I think he's been awesome this year and for yeah the, I mean he's really emerged as that number one yeah he, he's really on yeah team. he's he's their best receiver uh honestly and so losing him uh really Brady's go-to guy in any sort of situation with if that's uh, no matter what kind of route it is, uh, he he's looking to Godwin at, at all costs, and so to lose him, that's that's what I'm panicking about for the Bucks. Not that because they got out shut, shut up by the Saints. Like, yeah, it's concerning, of course, but we've seen Brady and the Bucks turning around plenty of times after bad weeks. But losing one of your best receivers or your best receiver, honestly, in my opinion, that's not good at all. No, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, well, part of what makes the Bucks so scary is all of the options that Tom Brady has. I mean, we saw it with the Patriots in 2019 when he barely had any options at receiver, just how bad things look. People were ready to give up on him. He goes to Tampa, has all these weapons, and boom, he's playing great. You said he was playing at an MVP level this season. He's still in the conversation following this one, but no more Chris Godwin. That's uh, that's certainly a tough loss to this team. And, um, you know, we've already seen Gronk miss a lot of time this season. Luckily, reinforcements are on the way, though. Model citizen Antonio Brown (laughs) is set to come back (laughs) after serving the NFL's equivalent of a up to five year jail sentence, a three game suspension for for forging a vaccine card. So, you know, all is right in the world. Best interest of this football team, as Bruce Arian said, Antonio Brown is ready to play and step in and fill those shoes that Chris Godwin has left void. I like the honesty by Bruce Arians there. Yeah. Best interest of our team. Uh, yeah, like, we, hey, we, we, yeah. we got to bring Things... we got to bring it back because we might not have three of our best players uh, next week, and so uh, I think it's yeah, the best. That, that was history when I said one chance and he, he's out of here, one yeah. mess up, he's done. Yeah, that's history. No, yeah. it's good. It's best interest of our football team. We're trying to win a Super Bowl yeah, here. That, that's can not do whatever. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere, uh, and so I don't want to say it's over for the Bucks, but it definitely isn't looking good. But one of the positives is yeah, losing Chris. Losing Chris Godwin's bad, but getting Antonio Brown back, as long as he's not uh, being a knucklehead again, uh, that's a, a big if. <laughs> doesn't matter uh, if he's a knucklehead because true, Bruce yeah. Arians is going to keep it around. So, yeah, yeah best interest is a football team. Yeah, yeah. No, who cares? He's, <laughs> he was a model citizen last year. Really, really, really great team player. He's fine. Yeah. they got Antonio Brown definitely has to fill that Godwin role, though, because they're – I don't want to say short of weapons because they have plenty of them, but after, especially if Evans is going to be out too and and Fournette, it, it's looking bad. They're, yeah, I mean they're they're minimal. You know, Gronk yeah. Gronk has his moments, um, both positive and negative, still at his age. So yeah, he he uh, he was off to an amazing start this year in those first two games, but yeah, he's dropped he's dropped he's dropped some pass he dropped some passes uh, last night's game that didn't look great and uh, yeah, and so you're. You're going to expect him to get a few catches here and there and make some good plays, but not having Godwin is a killer, though. 
Yeah, and I guess luckily for the Bucks, they play the Panthers twice with the Jets in between in their last Yeah, amazing games, they haven't so. played the Panthers yet. <laughs> in, yeah, in I know the division. NFL waited to till the end for for those games. Yeah, so. to face off with uh, we're we're going to get that Brady Cam Newton matchup after all. <laughs> yeah, oh right. Yeah, we yeah, well We'll see. I mean, Cam Newton didn't play all that well against the Bills. But no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to say he'll get two. We might end up seeing uh, Sam Darnold take on Brady again. But yeah, it was. Uh, you know, the, I guess in terms of the Bucks at this point, you know, the question has always been: Okay, when they get healthy, are they gonna be? They going to be the number one team? Like we're just gonna assume like when they get healthy, that's not. Are they ever gonna get healthy at this point? Now that Chris Godwin's out, it feels like that answer has to be a no. And I think that coming into the season, that was really the biggest thing that could stop this team was the fact that, you know, they're bringing back the same roster. They're bringing back some older players. You know, some of these guys might not be able to stay on the field as much. And uh, that's that's certainly been an issue for this team. They've been able to overcome it for the most part. They've won 10 games, but they've had four losses in games where, you know, you can say the Rams is probably kind of expected, but the the Saints, Washington, and the Saints again, those are games where they were they were favored to win. And yeah, when, when you got they, Trevor they Simeon and even though I you love know, Taysom, Taysom Hill, <laughs> you know I love Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taylor God, Heineke. I, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, and Taylor Heineke too. Love both those guys. Even though, uh, even though I love both those guys, I know deep down they're. The bottom, uh, <laughs> the bottom of the league. Yeah, you wouldn't think that they would beat Tom Brady. Uh, no. Derek Carr threw a pick, so so it's over. Uh, it seems like it. No, the Browns punting inside the two minute warning, fourth and three from the thirty. So the Raiders. Yeah, we'll see if Derek Carr he gets a second chance. He doesn't have to go seventy yards because all they need is a field goal. But um, you know. I- I'm turning back on the TV for this last minute. If something might as well, yeah, yeah no, might throw as well it on. For one minute. I think, yeah, I think that we're at a good state in terms of NFL Week 15. Now that we've talked about this mm-hmm. Bucks game, you know, we've got, talked about both sides. I, so I got one more thing to ask you about, and it's, it's sure. for a game that was literally the first game of uh, the week, the Chiefs Chargers game. Yeah, what did you think about uh, the Brandon Staley going for all those fourth downs? It, way too aggressive way too much you know it, it it's worked out at times for him i guess like you know credit to him for that but the most egregious one was going for the fourth and goal right at the end of the half when okay he so just kicked a field goal that's what, 17 a time. that's the one i was gonna say too where i i really didn't mind it as much as others did he was he over aggressive yes but at the same time uh when you look at the team that they're facing the Chiefs sucked for three quarters, or the offense sucked for three quarters, and they still ended up killing it at the end in, in the fourth quarter in overtime, particularly Mahomes and Kelsey yeah, and that I, connection. But I so get, I you don't want to score points. Yeah, like, I get it. I I I do get it. Uh, from one standpoint, for Brandon Staley, where like, hey, look at the team we're facing. So like, so I don't mind them being aggressive, honestly. But the one that I didn't care for was the the one at the end of the half because you're up fourteen to ten. And yes, the touchdown, it makes a two possession game, but you want to have some momentum going into the half and going, getting a field goal makes it a, it's still a one possession, but it's a touchdown at least. And yeah. Oh, I know. Just, I mean, you're, just, you're going, I think, up, the, I think the, the risk momentum outweighs is a big, yeah, the momentum well. is a big aspect, but I also think the risk outweighs the, or maybe, maybe, the, maybe that's kind of dumb to say, but 
I mean, looking back on it, I think the risk did outweigh the reward because they didn't get a touchdown on a, on a not so great play at the two yard line. I think it was, and yeah, they were only up by four going into the half, and and the Chiefs are getting the ball back. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, they went so, up going to overtime, so those three points could have been meaningful at the end. Yeah. So well, in another aspect though is. Part of the logic behind going for those fourth and goal opportunities is if you don't get it, you're backing up the other team, but it doesn't matter when you're about to go into the half. So that that wasn't even a factor in this decision. So yeah, I, I absolutely it's, think that there's such thing as being too overly aggressive and there are times where you should be willing to kick field goals and punt the football the, as opposed to going for it every single time. We talked talk about this with baseball where I've, I've said so many times that analytics has gone too far in baseball and sometimes some teams don't have a choice, but it really has gone too far in baseball where you just play by the book or the computer. Just a calculator playing the game. Yeah, now. exactly. And, and, but in football, it hasn't happened like as much, but it has, it's trending in that where, direction. Where, yeah, and I like Brandon Steely. I think he's a really smart guy, and uh, and yeah, and I think I think he's a sharp, sharp-minded coach. But yeah, I think he took it a little too far. And coaches have to manage the game a little. They can't. They can't just go by the des the, by the numbers and say, oh, if if we go for it and, and convert, we are decimal points uh, better of chance of winning than, than yeah, not there winning. has to be so, a human element there's got to be a little for the yeah. game like, i say you this have with, to understand i say that with baseball all the time where yes it's good to use the mm-hmm. analytics numbers but you can't just use it the entire time and uh, I, I think that's the one issue i have with brandon staley is that he he's a little too uh much into the analytics all right, so Raiders are in field goal range is yeah i do I'm see hearing? that <laughs> can i watch it if i pull it up on nfl.com i probably could right the last play track Raiders Browns and watch live this I mean it, yeah is there anything else you want to talk about with Brandon Staley and the Chargers no I want to I want to watch this play <laughs> all right let's get yeah live reaction and then we're going to get into our top uh you know best of 2021 stuff I can't figure out how to do this oh, <laughs> well, that was close <laughs> did he miss it no he made it he made it he made it all right yeah, cool it was it was going left and like, whoa, 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 is it going to miss? And then it went right and it was, it was good. Okay. It was no closer to the right, the, uh, right than the left, but, uh, it was, it was good. Oh, no. What? Did you call a timeout? Did they ice him? That's what I'm wondering. Did they call a timeout? Hold on. It looks like the Browns timeout just dropped on the game. Oh, he cast. did call That's... a timeout. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my bad. Yeah, scratch that reaction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he he called the time out the last second too. All right. I'm uh trying to pull up YouTube TV. Which hey, they they kept Disney, so I don't have to get rid of them just yet. All right. Did you hear about that? Take two. Uh no, I did not hear about that. Yeah, the uh they couldn't work out a deal with Disney, so YouTube TV for like three days, right down might have lost people. Right down the oh. middle was good. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm on a delay. Yeah, that's okay. Even... I'll watch it live. I'm oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, again. I mean, that's you have you have real cable. Yeah. This is a stream. So, yeah. and that is one sad Browns fan. Right down the middle. Oh, that's why I want to tune in to watch the sad Browns yeah. fans. All right. Hey, I hope it was worth 
delaying the game for two days and playing at five o'clock on a Monday instead of five o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, Miles Garrett said he knows his defensive play of the year opportunities are slipping from him. There's a shot of Nick Mullins. Just trying to make this good radio. Did the, you see that? Not Kevin you, Stefanski, but looks like Kevin Stefanski. But did you see that one sad Browns fan in the front row? It looked like there were a few of them. I might have missed the one that you're talking about. Sad Brown fans usually tend to blend together at this point. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. That that was fun. Let's uh, let's get back to the original scheduled program. <laughs> uh, and let's get ready to talk about the Bears-Vikings game. Live reactions to that one. <laughs> uh, all right we'll do our best of 2021 in sports and pop culture so this is something that we do every year uh, for the past couple of years it's it's personally one of my favorite segments we do i think it's a lot of fun just looking back on the past year so normally we really just stick to sports but i like to say that we're a mostly sports podcast and not an exclusively sports podcast so we are gonna get into uh you know, music, TV, movies to end this. But for now, we're going to talk about sports. We're going to start with what we know best. And the first category we're going to hand out is the team of 2021. So, Brian, I'll let you go first with all of these. And I will try to come up with a slightly different answer for most of them. I'll admit my best team is a little too obvious, but I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, for, I think everyone saw that one coming. Yeah, for Tom Brady to go to a new team in a middle of a pandemic, in a shortened off season, no preseason or anything, and have the struggles that they had throughout the year, and then for them to turn it around, and for him, for him and uh, the Tampa, Bay, yeah, for him to win a Super Bowl uh, with a new team in his first year, and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not not just Tom Brady, but a lot of great players, a lot of talented players, and for them to uh for, for, yeah for them to have the run that they had especially going on the road even without fans i know it makes it easier but for them to do what they did on the road and then for them to beat the previous defending super bowl champions in the super bowl pretty awesome for them and definitely made it for a great year especially with the patriots not being as good and so uh tamve buccaneers for me in a runaway for best team yeah, so my, my team of the year is also a biased answer, but for a slightly different reason. Uh, not that I'm a fan of the team, but that they're one of the few teams that I predicted to win a championship before the season and actually did the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I, I mean, it was pretty incredible what they went through. They came into the season with high expectations, started off really slow. They were below 500 most of the way. Made, they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. They lost Mike Soroka few other guys um, not allowed to say one of their names because of the reason why but they they went through a lot of adversity and they ended up acquiring a bunch of guys at the trade deadline who made huge impacts for them down the stretch and in the playoffs ultimately the Braves winning the NL East knocking off the Brewers in the NLDS beating the Dodgers three to one lead Atlanta sports teams always blew those we saw it happen last year in the MLB bubble they ended up beating the Dodgers and then another situation where they could have blown a three to one lead against the cheating Houston Astros and they ended up pulling that one out as well so huge win for the Braves huge win for their fans uh, you know felt like Atlanta is a, a cursed sports city for a long time but they ended up winning their first title since 1995 and made me look like I somewhat know what I'm talking about. So uh, for me, they're my team of the year. 
Hey, I probably would have picked the Phoenix Suns if, <laughs> if they ended up winning it all. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you, we could have gone with the other Bucks. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, probably not the. You know, they, I'm sure that there will be other opportunities for them. Exactly. Uh, but for now, let's talk about best game of 2021. I went with UCLA versus Gonzaga in the tournament. Not the one. Not the game that happened uh, <laughs> a few weeks yeah, ago, the, where Gonzaga the blew out four. the blew out UCLA. Yeah, the the final four game where it was back and forth, and then it went into overtime, and then. Is it Juzang? Is that my pronunciation? Yeah, Johnny Juzang. Yeah, Johnny Juzang. He he makes that tying shot, and then you're thinking, all right, it's going to go to double OT, and all of a sudden, uh, Jalen Suggs hits that near half court shot and and banks it in, and like, wow, that was a wild and wildly entertaining game that had even a more uh, more wildly. wildly entertaining finish and so uh, yeah i mean it was it was back and forth the entire way i mean yeah. the, talk about that finish shades of yeah, villanova the, unc yeah that that game was a microcosm of how great one of the reasons of how, why college basketball is so great during the tournament yeah i mean march madness and having that happen in the final four too it's not like that was some random you know seven versus ten matchup that right. was uh, you know everything on the line so yeah with, with uh, a team with uh at the at the time an undefeated season as well and so yeah so i I had a feeling you were going to go with this one just because I struggled to come up with something else. I'm also going to say this game just because it, it feels like it's the obvious answer here. Um, the one game that I wrote down where I was like, maybe I'll go with them if Brian does go with the inevitable was the Euro 2020 final between Italy and England, that game coming down to penalties. But when it came down to it, that game wasn't like super exciting. It had a nice, interesting finish with um, England missing those PKs, but nothing compared to what we had with Gonzaga versus UCLA, you know, 93 to 90 in overtime. I think that's a little more exciting than a one to one soccer game. I should have picked that game. <laughs> yeah, I know Predi- you're rooting yeah, for Italy. So. <laughs> yeah, predicting. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be one to one Italy. Wait, what do you mean one to one? Because of penalty kicks. <laughs> yeah, you did. I know. Yeah, there you go. That was your take of the yeah. year. Yeah. All right. So. Maybe you should have switched answers then. All right. <laughs> um, um, all right. Let's do our biggest superstar of the year. All right. This one might be a little too obvious too, uh, especially since I picked the Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks for team, but for. So for biggest superstar, I'm I picked Giannis. I think he's awesome, uh, and super easy guy to root for. Uh, one of the best players in the league, no doubt about it. MVP, multiple time, multiple uh, MVP award winner, and him in the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, ended up pulling out a win uh, versus the Nets in Game Seven, and then advanced eventually advanced to the finals and. They were down two nothing in the NBA Finals and looked like the Suns were going to win, but they end up tying the series and then they won a Game Five. And uh, seeing seeing the emotion on Giannis uh, after they won it all was awesome. And uh, that that's he's one of the few guys that few superstars that I uh, that that's really easy to root for. He and he does plays the game the right way and doesn't go to his uh, what he calls a, a super team <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and. And did it the right way, sticking in Milwaukee, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm he's an, he's awesome to root for, and so I went with Giannis. 
Yeah, so I I don't want to double up too often. <laughs> I hate to do it back to back, but I refuse to say Tom Brady for this one. So I'm also going to go with Giannis. I mean, it, it was incredible the performance he put on. I've always been a huge fan of him. He's always been one of my favorite players. I think he's such a fun guy to root for. And the whole sticking in Milwaukee when coming into the the off season, there were so many rumors that he was looking to go out and, you know, get traded or sign in free agency, team up with other superstars. And he chose to stay in Milwaukee and he was rewarded, beat the Brooklyn Nets, uh, you know, gets hurt against the Hawks, makes a remarkable comeback after missing, I think only one game, if that, and, you know, ends up leading them to victory in that one. And then of course, coming from behind down two nothing to the the Suns and ultimately 50 points in a winning effort in game six. He had his uh, Chick-fil-A moment where he ordered the, you know, 50 chicken nuggets and 50 piece. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a, yeah. Awesome. Awesome run for him. And, uh, you know, plenty of reasons to, to name him the, you know, undisputed unanimous biggest superstar of 2021. All right, so how about Breakthrough Athlete of the Year? I know we kind of talked about him already, but I'm going to stick with my answer, though. Uh, I, I'm sticking with uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think for him to have the year that he's had uh, was has been pretty awesome to watch. And the fact that he's a running back and he's in the, he's legitimately in the MVP, MVP conversation is saying a lot. And he had a, he had a good rookie season, uh, like nothing – amazing but he was good and there are definitely flashes of potential uh last season and but this season is he's taken a massive step this year yeah i mean for sure he's being in the mvp conversation as a running back yeah i mean that's it's tough to to be in there there was a lot of expectations for him a lot of hype coming out of college and he's certainly lived up to it i'm surprised that he wasn't the first running back taken i know it's kind of crazy to think that you know clyde edward zeeler and deandre swift right both were drafted ahead of him yeah even though both those guys are pretty good maybe edward taylor is a little bit disappointing but both those guys are pretty good but jonathan taylor is a stud so yeah and he's definitely of course broken through this season uh mm-hmm. compared to last year even though he was pretty good last year so jonathan taylor definitely a breakthrough athlete for me yeah so my my breakthrough athlete is someone who could have very easily been the biggest superstar but i think he qualifies for this award just given the past couple years and that is shohei otani so oh, he somewhat bursts onto the scene winning ao rookie of the year in 2018 but he had to have tommy john surgery didn't pitch at all in 2019 He's still decent at the plate that year, but in the 2020 pandemic season, I think he made two starts only through two innings, getting lit up, injured, didn't pitch the rest of the season at the plate, 190, seven home runs, 24 RBIs. Very disappointing. This season comes in. Remember, he hit a huge bomb in the first inning of the first Sunday night baseball game of the year against the White Sox, and he never looked back. I think he had 30 home runs in the first half easy AL MVP winner becoming the face of baseball. He was a story in Denver at the all-star game. As yeah, he was well the only reason why I tuned the into the, in the home run derby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone wanted to watch Shohei Otani just simply incredible. I mean, you hear the, the talks about Japanese Babe Ruth and for the past few years, it's kind of been like, okay, he's a guy who can pitch and bat, but now he's proven that he can pitch and bat at a high level. So to me, he's a breakthrough athlete. And the only unfortunate thing about his season is that it's on the freaking 
Angels. matter a ton because the Angels suck. So. That's probably why I forgot about him. Is because yeah, it's like all right, well, Jonathan Taylor recency bias, but uh-huh. but I I feel like that's a good choice. But Shohei Otani, I'll admit, is a better choice. But the thing is, he's on the freaking Angels and. Yeah, missing the playoffs, uh, a team that misses the playoffs every year now, and that sucks. Yeah, I mean, hitting, can you imagine if you're on the a ton Red... of home runs in June doesn't have the the same effect as uh, some of these other guys. Can you imagine so. if you're on the Red Sox? Uh, not only that, but if you're on the Red Sox during the Dice K era, oh my God, he would have been oh, right? a massive star here. Yeah. Uh huh. So, but so for him to be uh, on the Angels in this era, that sucks because <laughs> he yeah. should be a bigger star than. He is, even though he is a big star. It's, it's no, he's it's a, a huge star. The, bu- the buzz he the, should have more opportunities in the playoffs. Same thing yeah. we've been saying about Mike Trout all these years. Yeah, so there should be more buzz with him than there is, and so yeah. I mean, but, the fact that ESPN would talk him up in the same way they do guys like LeBron James, and I mean, I think that to me, they might not say anything else about baseball at times, but Shohei Otani was always. Uh, getting his his fair share on social media and I think he's someone who's doing a a good job of helping grow the game. So, um for me, I mean I think he was very very clear for me in terms of the breakthrough athlete. All right, how about the best moment in sports of 2021? I'm going to go with uh Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship. I thought that was a great moment for for golf and for him being the first 50 year old to win a major and and that that major was definitely fun to watch or at least that last round and it showed it showed you that you don't need it's not just tiger woods but i'll admit maybe it is just those two but uh that 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 tournament or that ending proved that you don't need tiger woods to draw casual fans and phil i've grown to like phil more and more uh by the year definitely entertaining guy uh golfing but also like like personality wise when he's talk when he's talking in interviews and he, doing the matches with Brady and Charles Barkley and others and so I've grown to like Phil uh more and more by the year and uh and and seeing him win the that major was awesome uh for him and for golf and so that was uh my choice for best moment him winning it yeah, all yeah my, the my family has always loved Mickelson so uh, I know that you know, a lot of people are very happy to see him win, and it's incredible. Fifty years old, it just it felt like he was past his chances. Yeah, to if, win if a you major, saw so. if you saw how he was playing a year or two before that, where he was not he was missing cuts constantly and not in great shape. I was like, there's it's over for him. But so for him to win a major again is, was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I wrote this one down, uh, but I I certainly expected you to take this one. So uh, instead, for my best moment, I'm going to give some uh, love to Candace Parker going to the Chicago Sky, her hometown team, and leading them on an improbable run to the WNBA Finals as a sixth seed and going out and uh, beating the Phoenix Mercury in four games. And, you know, the, the WNBA certainly doesn't draw a ton of fans uh, compared to some of the other sports but I think most people who follow basketball are very familiar with Candace Parker and just you know how great she's been going back to her college days at Tennessee playing in LA with the Sparks and now um, you know winning a championship in her hometown I think that's something that people always love those uh, you know reunion homecoming stories and uh, you know to have that kind of dream ending I think that it's very deserving of being you know one of the the best moments of the past year in sports. 
All right. So how about the biggest mistake of 2021? We're entering the, uh, the negative award category. I know we talked about this already, but I really couldn't think of anything other than the Urban Meyer hiring. That was a disaster, literally from the start. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. from the start uh, with that hire and him getting all the bad press from that. And then, like I said, with the making Tim Tebow a tight end, and a lot of players didn't like that for a good reason. And and then that thing in week four it was uh, where he, yeah. he stayed uh, – he stayed – at home uh, and did not go on the team flight home and then got that picture online with him grinding it with that chick <laughs> in the yeah oh, not not his wife not, not Shelly. not his wife right and then what we talked about earlier as well with the Josh Lambeau thing and Marvin Jones thing and just, and calling oh, his coach losers it's just losers, it just yeah. just <laughs> Just an awful, awful hire. Such a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, something that really all of us should have seen coming. And, yeah, you know, it felt you, easy to ignore it at times. Yeah, but and yeah, like 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 what you said. So I wish I could come up with something different since we already talked about it. But no, I couldn't. That was a big, big mistake <laughs> to hire yeah, him as an yeah. NFL coach. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the biggest mistake in terms of coaching hires for this year. So uh, my biggest mistake of the year, though, is ESPN putting Bishop Sycamore High School in a nationally televised game against IMG Academy with very little background check, just assuming, oh, yeah, you want to play IMG on national TV? Go for it. And by halftime, the announcers are like, this game shouldn't be happening. These kids are going to get hurt. Like, at what point should we be interfering here? Next thing you know, IMG is winning 58 to nothing, and we realize that well, Bishop Sycamore is uh, not even real high school, and they just played a game two days earlier, and it was just a bunch of like twenty-year-old kids pretending to be high schoolers trying to get a shot at college football. And uh, I think the coach had like jail in his history, like very recently too, or like just a really crazy story. And uh, the internet definitely loved that one for a long time and you know people are still bringing up bishop sycamore so uh that's one where i'm happy it happened made for a great story but you know for espn uh certainly their their biggest mistake they made this year okay and so you're looking for biggest loser now oh sorry no yeah so okay now our last sports award for 2021 is the biggest loser (laughs) all right so this guy well, first of all, Urban Meyer would have been my choice originally, but <laughs> because I already put him for biggest mistake, I, I'm not going to put him again. I have a runner-up. This guy isn't exactly an athlete, but he was an athlete at one point in his life, so that's okay. kind of a cop-out, but I'm going to go with Jackson Mahomes. Nice. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> I do not. I am not a fan of him, which makes me like Patrick Mahomes even more because- he can put yeah, up he oh, can put up sure. the numbers that he can with that dude and his family. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then earlier this year, I think it was week two versus the Ravens. The Ravens yep. end up winning that game and he's he's in the stands and he pours that water on that fan and looks like an idiot after that. And then he's he's TikToking over uh he does he does the stupid TikTok dances, but then it really crossed the line when he did it on the Sean Taylor yeah, Sean Taylor Memorial yeah Memorial yep. thing at at uh, on the road, which was definitely not a great look. And then and then uh, recently, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, he he talked uh, 
he left like a bad review or or, or something at a at a yeah. bar, Casey Kansas City bar, and complained about it. And the bar clapped back in a great way. And the the quote that really stuck out to me was, "We survived a clo- global pandemic. We'll survive your ego." Wow, <laughs> what a oh, shot! I know. It was, that it was is, an incredible. That post. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. What a great. Uh, what a great. Uh, <laughs> what a great. Uh, clap back by the bar there uh, or apology <laughs> quote-unquote apology uh and so yeah so jackson mahomes even though he's not really an athlete he was an athlete at one point in his life i didn't know he was an athlete i just thought yeah, he was yeah, patrick's he, brother yeah he, he played yeah he's patrick's brother and he played i think he played uh basketball he was like he's like six yeah. six, six six seven yeah he's got all yeah, these he has, i mean, guess you're right yeah he, i mean yeah, his played, dad played professional baseball so yeah so his dad plays professional professional baseball and your brother is one of the best players in the nfl and and you got all these genes and you're a tiktok dancer that just lives off your brother come on yeah, yeah so now we do. <laughs> i know that's kind of a cop out since he's not really an athlete, no but, i mean but... i i had him down as a, a possibility okay so all right i yeah so i want to <laughs> go through some honorable mentions just because i think there are a lot of big losers in 2021 who need to you know be roasted and i wrote down jackson mahomes as a possibility awesome. i was not expecting you to put him down honestly <laughs> i i never voiced this take on the podcast because um you know just never came up i guess but i do believe that patrick mahomes struggles early in the season are somewhat related to jackson i completely agree yeah that yeah. video of of him and uh patrick's wife doing yeah, some Brittany weird Matthews, dance and then patrick like just looking at the camera just, just all confused like what right? are you guys doing he's just so, like why is this my life right yeah. now like, <laughs> for him to yeah. do for him to do what he does on the field with them and his family i give him i, I like him even more <laughs> I'm a, oh I'm, yeah I, that yeah. makes me uh, a bigger fan it's, of him uh-huh <laughs> I know it is. It's incredible. I say hey, that's overcoming adversity. Good for Mahomes, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick. That is, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I also had Urban Meyer written down. Um, you know, certainly uh, deserving. So I guess some other names. So somewhat thought that you would go with him. Uh, you know, after being your biggest loser in 2019. So I will, let me Irving. let me just say that Kyrie Irving was another yeah. guy I considered because. I consider him every yeah, year, I mean, they, and he's yeah. kind of a loser this year too with the vaccine. And how funny was it that <laughs> he got a uh, first day yeah, back? They announced he can come back. Yeah, yeah. first and day. He's already in protocols. Yeah, I I texted you the breaking news, and you asked me, uh, "Does this make me a bad person that I that I laughed at this?" And and, and I sent you that picture of the yeah. <laughs> laughing meme. Like, no. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we're either not. Either both of us are not bad people or, or both bad people because yeah, that was, so, I left at that too. So I'm pretty sure that he actually just entered protocols as his way of getting back into the league. And I don't know if uh, they just, you know, Shams and Woj tweeted that out for clicks. But, uh, you know, regardless, it's still oh, still, still kind of a funny concept. It still made my yeah. day. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so he's definitely up there. Um, Aaron Rodgers. So which, I was like, I was thinking about Aaron Rodgers as well, be, especially since I've grown to not like him more by well, the for year. similar but, reasons with Kyrie with the vaccine yeah, stuff. And, and his he had that whole fiasco in the off season where he was he coming back? Was he not coming back? And, yep. I mean, for him, uh, yes, I don't like him, but 
he's still he's still won MVP last year, and exactly. he's and he's, like that, and he's in the running again for MVP. Like if he's a loser, uh, I mean, I'll take that. <laughs> that should I know that so, should totally eliminate him as a possibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as the much fact as fact that we're even talking about it when he won NFL MVP just does kind of tell you how he is kind of a loser in plenty of other aspects in life. Yeah, if, you know, if not on the football field, right. Um, so in addition to Urban Meyer, head coach Matt Nagy for the Bears. I mean. <laughs> everyone is anti-Matt Nagy at this point like you know heading into the season he still had some supporters especially after leading the Bears to the playoffs last year and keeping his job and it got to the point where his son was getting fire Nagy chants in a high school football game so Bulls and Blackhawks fans chanting fire Nagy during games too that's great (laughs) yep it's uh really bad so uh Matt Nagy certainly deserves to be in the discussion um another person which uh little more sad in some ways but Bob Baffert he was the you know the the famous horse trainer who just constantly has horses getting uh you know testing positive for banned substances i mean medina spirit won the kentucky derby and they're tested positive for stuff and just recently passed away um so that's a really unfortunate thing and it's like you know bob afford is uh he should be in the biggest loser category for just being a a loser person and uh you know there's a lot of problems in the sport of horse racing and a lot of them seem to circle back to Baffert in the end so that's a good choice too yep he certainly deserves to be in the running and then in terms of the team that I think was the biggest loser of 2021 you know there's probably a few that you can go for but uh, to me it's the New York Mets I mean you come into this year thinking oh everything's gonna be so much better the Wilpons are out Steve Cohen is in you're about to do the big market bullies you trade for Francisco Lindor, everything's great, and then oh, your general manager, yeah, he's a huge creep. He's uh, gets like women reporters to leave the industry entirely, so he's fired. And then the you know, but as the season starts to go on, Lindor sucks, and they trade for Javi Baez, and they have the whole the the fans down incident. And their their acting general manager Zach Scott gets suspended and eventually fired for a DUI that he got after leaving a party at Cohen's house. And the team was in first place the entire first half, and then just completely fell apart. A season that started with them practicing, celebrating, winning the World Series in spring training, ended with a below 500 season. And then the off season, they were trying to get a bunch of general managers uh you know to to replace zach scott and you know jared porter and ultimately they were stuck hiring billy epler who is the architect behind the angels missing the playoffs every year despite having mike trout on their team so you know i max scherzer might turn things around i like their signing of starling Marte and eduardo escobar and mark Kana. so there's maybe reason to believe 2022 would be better for the mets but to me the the 2021 year was a very very bad one for the new york mets and you know cohen didn't change things they're still the lol mets it's a good choice i like the the nagy and uh bob baffert ones and hey i mean these are all just honorable mentions right yeah so Ultimately, my, my, my honorable mentions would have been Kyrie, well, uh, yeah, and, and Rogers that, I, that, that you mentioned yeah. already. Ultimately, though, when it comes down to the biggest loser, uh, to me, it's a tie, and I could just group them together with the team that they were formally represented by, but I don't think it's fair to the team because 
Um, what John Gruden and Henry Ruggs did, I think they deserve to be called out on their own. Yeah, that, and they're that, no longer members of the Las Vegas Raiders for reasons. You, you and, forgot uh, Damon Arnett as well. Well, Damon Arnett signed with the Dolphins. Yeah, so but he's still his, a loser his, his for what he did. isn't quite over. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah, he he could be involved here, but I think in terms of what Gruden and Ruggs, Ruggs did, did yeah. like they're kind of in a league of their they, own. They were, you know, with they were also uh, on my list. I thought it was a little bit too serious of a... It is. No, it is. And that's, that's why, why I wanted to go through all those yeah, honorable mentions that, first. I mean, it is very serious th- stuff that what happened th- with them. That's why, I, that's why I left them off. I was considering them for sure. I decided to leave them off because I thought those two, especially, uh, those situations are yeah, a mean, little... The, the rugs thing, you know. Rugs for killing sure. someone. Yeah, yeah. That, that's... Uh, that one's a little bit too serious for me to put on the list. That's but but he's definitely an honorable no, mention I mean, that's, that's, for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No, I mean I, I totally get that. And I, I think in case of Gruden is not just, you know, being fired, but basically being scapegoated. Like he's there's hundreds of thousands of emails and all we are gonna do is release the Gruden ones and yeah. now he's out of job while everyone else associated with the the Washington organization is able there, to get there's by no there's no, no way he was the only one that no. had any bad uh, sort of emails uh, in that. Not at all. So I think to me, that's a you know another thing. Big loser is that not only is he a loser for what he did and losing his job, but he's a loser for being the only one in a league that probably has hundreds of people. Who yeah. Should be out of a job. <laughs> so yeah, and then of course Henry Ruggs, you know, had so many opportunities to be, uh, you know, a, a great NFL player after being a first round pick and throwing it all away by, you know, driving drunk and killing somebody. That's why it's illegal. That's why it's very much frowned upon and people don't like drunk drivers. And, you know, it's a sad story, but he's certainly deserving of biggest loser of 2021 for the same reasons. Yeah. So that'll do it for our sports awards. Let's move into pop culture. So, the uh, first category we have here is the um, biggest internet news story. So basically, we're just saying non non COVID, non politics, but a a story that you know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit kind of ran wild with, whether it was making memes or constantly talking about it. So did you end up coming up with something for this one? Yeah, I got one choice that stuck out, stuck out to me. Okay. Uh, the Alec Baldwin. Uh, story of him on set killing someone uh, accidentally, of course, uh, with a prop gun uh, that yeah. was, of course, an accident. And yeah, it it sucks that it happened. And I, I don't, I'm sure he'll get sued or if he hasn't already, but jail time, I guess it would depend on if he was like playing with the gun or if it was genuinely, genuinely an accident. I think. Yeah, by all accounts, it sounds like it was an accident yeah, based and, on the reporting out of it. Yeah, and so I I feel like he's, I'd imagine, just suffering enough uh, after what happened. And so, yeah, that, that that story really stuck out to me in terms of uh, like non-COVID, non-political, non-sports stories. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people certainly tried to make it political because Alec Baldwin yeah. played Donald Trump on uh, you know SNL, and uh, <laughs> there are certainly a lot of uh, right-wing media members who ran wild with that one on the internet but i mean just on its own it is a crazy story to hear about and certainly brought up a lot of uh attention into just like the film industry and prop guns and all that stuff so i mean that's something that's still gonna go on i mean who knows what's gonna happen with baldwin i i don't i'm not a legal analyst yeah i'm not gonna give a legal analysis on it i just uh, i just give my two cents uh Mm -hmm. first story that 
uh, really stuck out to me. Yeah, so uh, for me, the the biggest internet news story uh, all the way back to January 2021, and it was the short squeeze of the meme stocks, GameStop, AMC, and plenty of others, uh, just how Redditors basically took over the stock market for several weeks there and just got into these high profile battles with all the the big investment people and uh, i just thought it was kind of incredible how everyone got together and you had people on both sides of it who was right who was wrong and it you know for a long time that was basically the talk of twitter was you know amc gamestop and you know taking these to the moon and everyone being pissed about all the different apps shutting down and the the stock markets, um, you know, them not allowing these uh, stocks to be bought and sold. So uh, that to me, I think was a huge thing that I was I was very much interested in. Um, I didn't participate too much with it, like a lot of people did, but it was something that certainly uh, stuck out to me. This one, um, and it's something that I think is still going to continue to have effects, even though it was early in the year. There's still plenty of people who are trying to get GameStop and AMC to go up in prices, and uh, you know, have that short squeeze happen. So, all right, how about let's dip into music now? And you know, we did do our Spotify Wrapped two weeks ago on five questions, but let's uh, we'll see if we have anything different to say as we start off with our best album of 2021. This is a cop out because this album actually did not come out <laughs> this year, and it really came yeah. out eight years ago. But I I, I, I liked Taylor Swift's uh, Taylor's version of Red. Uh, Red was my if all of all the. Taylor Swift albums. I think I enjoyed Red the most of all of them. That's probably when I became a a really big fan of her was when that album came out and uh and her concert was, was in Gillette Stadium uh, uh about month several months later that I was very lucky, very fortunate to go to with Julia. And yeah, and it was definitely a lot of fun and uh so it's, it's my of all the albums it's definitely my favorite one. Or I mean not definitely, but it's if I had to pick, it's my favorite one. And for her to re-release uh, Taylor's version of that album with other new songs as well uh, was great for me personally. So yeah, even, I mean, though, it did, even though it didn't technically come a... out this year, there were songs that were Her new. version of it. Yeah, yeah. her version uh-huh. of it is sort of new. So yeah, so I went with that album. I did. Yeah, and no, I think that's a totally fair answer. I, I, was, I figured that was where you were going to go here. It's just one of the Taylor... Taylor's version albums. Uh, for me, it's uh, probably no surprise. My album of the year, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Just so many songs on this one that I loved. We talked about it when it first came out, um, you know, back in an episode in June with Kenny. And I, you know, listened a ton those first few weeks and months. And, uh, you know, still had so many songs that, you know, I just absolutely love. Uh, Good for you, Driver's License, Trader, Brutal. Uh, d- I mean, I, I could name the entire album at this point. This, it seems kind of silly to do that. But I I have always, I shouldn't say I've always been. I've been a really big fan of Olivia Rodrigo since discovering um, the High School Musical, the musical, the series. I know she was on Bizarre Park before that. So maybe I'm not the truest of OG fans. But I was a big fan of her before she dipped into the music. And uh, I've only been a bigger fan of her ever since then. And I'm very excited that even though her... Uh, 
you know, sour is based off of her failed relationship with Josh Bassett, her co-star on High School Musical, the musical series. She's still signing on for season three. I think that's very powerful of her because it's very easy for her to want to walk away. But that story is not done. So she's going to come back and, you know, we'll see what happens with that. So. All right. How about song of the year? Um, So one song that stuck out to me I liked a lot was easy on me by adele uh, like i talked about in the last episode where we were talking about like our top spotify listeners and obviously taylor swift was one of them for me but I, I i actually like adele a lot and i like the album 25 more than 30 but i did like this song a lot and um like you were talking about with uh olivia rodrigo one of her songs uh the song easy on me is about like uh her Describing her divorce with her ex-husband, and I don't know. I guess for that song, it 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 gave me good vibes again about Adele not being irrelevant, <laughs> and, and she <laughs> yeah. and she and she's like back on the map when it comes to her music. Because I did enjoy Twenty Five, uh, that album. I like that album more than Thirty, but uh, but Easy on Me was a good song from uh that album, the Thirty album that came out this year. So I didn't want to just pick another Taylor Swift thing, and I like Adele, so. <laughs> Uh huh. I think. No, I mean, I think that's a, a very good choice. That was another one I kind of expected you to go with her, mix it up slightly um, off of the the Taylor Swift. But um, for me, the song of the year, I could go with Olivia Rodrigo. Still, I mean, but my thing is, do I say "Good for You" or do I say "Driver's License"? I think both of them could reasonably be that. And even then, neither of them are probably my number one song of hers. So. Um, I'm going to go with a little different approach when it comes to the song of the year. So in 2020, Rolling Stone named WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion the song of the year. Not necessarily saying it was the best song, but it was a song that kind of, uh, you know, most represented the year, was the biggest song. It was very controversial. I mean, you have Ben Shapiro talking about his wife's wet-ass P-word. Like, you know that this song is uh, making its rounds. And I, I'm going to take a similar approach in terms of a controversial song. And to me, the most controversial song that I think really took the internet and the wor- you know the country by storm for a long time when it first was released is... Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. Now, this song, very sexual, um, and it's very homoerotic as well, which is something that you don't often hear. I mean, Lil Nas X came out as gay a couple years ago after his success of Old Town Road, and oftentimes when you have gay artists and songs, you know, not always, but I feel like they're they're using terms like you. You're talking in the second person. You're not explicitly using the same gender, but uh, this is an example where... He does that, and I think that on its own is going to create some controversy. But then to go completely beyond that, release a music video where he takes a stripper pole down to hell to give a lap dance on Satan. And um, then outside of the music video, he is selling sneakers, 666 of them that contain actual human blood. Um, as part of this song release, I think there's just a ton with this song, and everyone had to have an opinion on it, whether it was on you know the song itself or just the everything Lil Nas X did. I mean, the music video won MTV Music Video of the Year. I think that this song, uh, you know, just in that kind of light in terms of songs that get people talking, you know, stir up controversy from everyone having to have opinion, I think to me that makes, you know, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, the song of 2021. 
was looking up top Rolling Stones songs, and uh, it was up there. And it was actually a different Adele song that was in the top five or top ten, uh, but it wasn't the All one time I picked. Or no, like for 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I think they release two lists. I think they do their top 50 songs, and they do their song of the year, which are two different oh, okay. categories. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know they didn't say WAP was the best song written last year. Um, all right. How about best TV series of 2021? All right. So I let you know beforehand that I'm not really into TV shows that, like, like TV shows that come out now, or I haven't gotten into the ones that would interest me. And so I went with, this is a dumb answer, but... I'm gonna go with NFL Red Zone, which I know is ridiculous, but I watch that every Sunday as long I'm not as long as I'm not at a Patriots game. I watch it for eight hours or so, <laughs> whatever it is. It's, Maybe not eight hours, but I watch it yeah. basically all day. <laughs> Seven and Scott, hours. And Scott Hansen does such a great job as a as a host for sure. of uh, yep. NFL Red Zone, and definitely my favorite show. I I tune into as many Sundays as I can. No, that's a great answer. I also watch it every single Sunday. You know, hard to hard to complain about that one. If you're gonna go with a sports show, NFL Red Zone feels like the <laughs> the best answer to go here. <laughs> um, so my my best TV series of 2021 is sports related, but it is not an actual sports show. It is a you know, I guess real life. It is a a work of fiction, and that is Apple TV's Ted Lasso. So you know, you asked me about this one before, yeah. I finally watched it. So I finally watched both season one and season two. So only season two came out in 2021. A little bit of a cheating answer just because season one, I do think was better than season two, but still a huge fan of the show in general. And, you know, season two in particular, I think is maybe not as much of the, you know, the silly comedy people expect of uh, American with a silly mustache played by Jason Sudeikis goes to England to learn how to, you know, coach soccer when he has no experience with the sport at all. It certainly gets into more of the drama, more real life stuff, but I think that's great. I think it's such a well done show and I I binged the whole thing and I think in about two weeks, if that, and you know, that's like <laughs> that included a trip to Las Vegas in between. So uh it was a very easy one to watch. Thirty minute episodes. It eventually became longer in the end, but uh, I certainly recommend that if you have Apple TV and if you don't find a way to get it so you yeah, can watch the, it. So I, a lot of the shows that are on now, I'll admit, they don't interest me, but Ted Lasso is the one that, that even though I haven't tuned into, it is one that does pique my interest in into actually uh, finding a way to get it, whether if it's through Apple TV and or hopefully somewhere else. But if it's not, if it's not, and it's just Apple TV, then maybe I would pay it. Uh, Maybe I find a way to get yeah. it for for free. I I don't know if because uh, I got a new. My f- mom was able to get it through Verizon for mm-hmm. free. Okay, so maybe, I don't if I, know. If, if, I, I can, if there's the a way details to details behind that. Yeah, if, if I can find a way to get it for free in any way, then maybe I would. Then I would watch it then, because because yeah. it's oh, it's the sure. one show on now that does pique my interest. I watched, I watched like a, a little bit of Succession, and a lot of people love that show. And I'll admit, like, yeah, I. I, I didn't care for like the one time I watched it. Yeah, and I'm sh- I'm sure yeah. I'm sure if I watched it from start to finish, then like then it would I've be my heard more, so but, much about it. Yeah, that I, I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've only watched. Don't take my opinion seriously. I watched it for a, a glimpse of an episode, okay. and I didn't 
the the little bit I watched of it, I didn't care for it. But I'm gotcha. But don't take my opinion seriously whatsoever. It's just the one time I watched it. It's a hugely popular show. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess that there there are a lot of shows though that I probably should watch. I mean, I, in terms of like Disney Plus, I know that uh, there are a ton of Marvel stuff that came out, and I just didn't take the time to get into any of it maybe i would have a totally different answer if i did but i don't think i'm going wrong when i say ted lasso here so all right our last category for the best of pop culture in 2021 the best movie so brian wrap us up here yeah so i'm someone that i just said that i don't watch many tv shows but i watch way more movies than I should. Well, so my, my ratio on movies and TV shows is is really skewed to, towards movies for whatever reason. Uh, but this, I'm the same way, so I, I get it. Yeah, and this past year uh, with the pandemic, uh, I, I finally got to go back to the movie theater, but obviously still that didn't go as much as uh, I would in past years. But I did go twice this past year. I think it was twice. The two movies that stuck out to me that I really liked because I went to the movies twice. Uh, one of them <laughs> was No Time to Die, uh, the last James Bond uh, movie starring Daniel Craig. Uh, it was a good way to end the Daniel Craig uh, movie series with him as James yeah. Bond. It wasn't my favorite of the Daniel Craig ones. It was probably my third. I, I liked, I think uh, Skyfall was my favorite, then Casino Royale, and then No Time to Die, but No Time to Die was it was still really good. Uh, but my favorite uh was movie that was my honorable mention. My favorite one was A Quiet Place Two. Uh, even though I probably liked the first one slightly more than the second one, the second one was still great, and I would have been able to watch it in 2020 if it weren't for the pandemic. But it came yep. out a year later, and it was still uh still worth waiting for, and it was it was definitely. Yeah, it was definitely worth waiting for, and it was great. And yeah, and that I was found your out first movie you saw in theaters. Yeah, yeah, back in the, in the, in the 2021, it was the first one I watched in theaters. And uh, there's a third one coming out in 2023, which I will certainly watch as well uh, when it comes out by then. And so, yeah, nice. Quiet Place 2 is my favorite movie that came out la- this year. All right. So for my favorite movie, I so I, I decided to um, do some research into this one just because I... I thought that I... So I did watch a lot of movies in 2021. And I guess I thought that I watched a lot more movies that came out in 2021 than I did just because I watched a ton of movies for the first time. Yeah, so that's what that's why I uh, I just include those two movies because they came yeah. out in 2021. Yeah, I which wanted of course. I wanted to just pick a movie I mean, that, that, I, that I watched this year but came out years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that you know there were a decent amount of movies I watched that did come out in 2021, but most of them not that great. Like... I mean, He's All That was one of the worst movies ever. That's something we talked about a while back. Um, there there were some others that I think were maybe... I, I felt okay about, but I was like, let me just look and see what you know the New York Times and The Guardian and some of those others are saying. And uh, one movie that came up a lot near tops of lists, if not number one, was The Power of the Dog which is a Jane Campione movie that was just released on Netflix, I think on December 1st, so very recent. I don't know if recency bias played a role in the ranking because I thought it was a very good movie, but I didn't really understand it the first time. I had to do a lot of research to fully get what happened. Uh, I think it's the kind of movie that I would appreciate more on the second viewing, but 
didn't love it enough to feel right making it my number one movie of 2021 like all those other you know fancy publications did uh so for me i'm gonna go with the movie kind of in a similar vein as you where maybe it's not the you know it's not gonna win an oscar it's not highly acclaimed but i really enjoyed it and that is free guy which is uh, a movie that came out this year starring is that ryan, ryan reynolds? reynolds yeah yeah <laughs> i know exactly a, what you're talking about yeah yes he played did you see it i know so i saw the preview of it and i i, know I think it, you would enjoy it i wasn't sure about it but i got enough recommendations so i decided to watch it and i i loved it i thought it was great so ryan reynolds plays a non-playable character in the popular video game free city he's a bank teller who doesn't realize he's stuck in a video game and uh at the same time in the real world you have uh, two characters named Keys and Millie, a guy and a girl who were creators of this game called Life Itself. And they believe that Antoine, the creator of Free City, stole the, you know, a lot of the ideas from them. And basically, the movie is a, a combination of, you know, free guy, blue shirt guy, Ryan Reynolds trying to, you know, take advantage of this uh, video game world being a non-playable character who acts like an actual character in the game uh, you know trying to pursue a love interest while in the real world you have these other two trying to prove that this game was stolen from them and that that's it's their intellectual property really well done movie uh, i love the whole like kind of truman show concept of uh, someone not realizing what kind of situation they're really in. And also one of my favorite forms of comedy is when people are having a conversation where they're talking about two different things, you know, two different topics, two different people or whatever, but they don't realize it. I just, and it, it just ends up being like not understanding what the other person says. Usually it leads to a lot of funny conversations and interactions. And this is something you definitely get a lot of that because, you know, Ryan Reynolds doesn't realize he's in a video game. So uh, really well done movie, and uh, I definitely would would recommend this one. I did see so. it in the trail uh, theaters as a trailer. I'm I'm sure it and, was uh, and, uh, yeah right around the it same. It piqued time. my interest a little. It looked a little corny, but yeah, it, yeah, I thought it's so as well. But, but yeah, so it's it's better than it. it's better than I would think. I mean, it yes. w- it does pique my interest a little bit. So yeah, it, no, I I liked it a lot more okay. than I thought. So it would, so I so. if it's out on DVD or whatever, I. It'll be on I, Disney Plus on February twenty third, twenty twenty two. I think something yeah, like I, that. I, it's something I would watch in the future. Yeah, and then yeah, especially if, yeah, if you sure. watched it and you had similar thoughts and you ended up actually liking it uh, after watching yeah. it. So, yeah, that's something uh, I would tune into. Yeah, and um, I guess speaking of Disney Plus, another movie I want to shout out. I I didn't want to make it my favorite movie of the year, uh, but I I think. Another movie that surprised me a lot that I did not expect to want to watch and end up really enjoying is Cruella, and that is uh, the the villain origin uh, story Emma, of Cruella Deville. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't realize it was PG thirteen going into it. So it was. I was expecting like a corny Disney movie, and I knew it wasn't they, G after seeing the trailer. Yeah, I mean there were definitely <laughs> some uh, Disney elements you know, of uh, you know fantastic things that wouldn't happen in real life but i i thought it was really well done i really enjoyed it and i was glad that my mom made me watch it because uh you know it's it's certainly up there for one of my favorite all movies right now i gotta now i gotta watch two movies that uh because because that was another movie that i saw as a trailer mm-hmm. that w- piqued my interest a little but not enough to go see it in theaters but all right now it's yeah, two man, movies. free guy Disney probably Plus, interests me a little so. bit more but 
I mean, I yeah. I watched 101 uh, and 102 Dalmatians, and yeah, I mean, it's Cruella's in we, it. We yeah. all knew those as a kid. Yeah. So, so yeah, and Emma and Emma yeah. Stone is uh, she she was good in a couple movies I've seen, including Crazy Stupid Love. So yeah, yeah, so I would, yeah, she did a good job in this one. So. All right, that'll do it for our best of 2021, and that'll do it for He's Done It in 2021. So another great year talking sports. Of course, football is a fun, fun topic for us uh, these past few months, but you know, even going back to the beginning of the year, talking about all the other stuff with you know, basketball, hockey, a little bit of baseball. Yeah, and, you know. and, and also mixing it up with, uh, with Kenny and the – yeah, you no, know, of course you got to give a shout out to Kenny yeah. when when he would come on and do some non-sports stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Ben, ben and, our uh, former co-host, he would, he certainly had some good episodes with him. And then so. and, and Cam and Brian. Uh, yep, Cam, Brian, even Julia coming on talking <laughs> right, to Julia. you know Bachelor in Paradise with me. So yeah, I think very I've, very fun year. Yeah, it's def. I would definitely. Uh, it would it'd definitely be cool to have some sort of combination of of all of them back on whatever we do. Yeah. It's yeah, just, no, it was sure. it was great having guests on. Is basically what I'm trying. To yeah, say. I know, and I, I think this we did a we did a really good job of expanding. Um, you know, having more guests on. And I, I think that's something we should continue to try to do in 2022. Yeah. I definitely had a lot of people reach out to me saying, "Oh, when am I going to come on the podcast? How do I come on? All this stuff." And I'm like, "Okay, you know, we'll we'll find a way to yeah. to get other people involved there." Um, it is a lot when you have uh three microphones, so you know we'd have to be kind of careful with how we do it. But I do think it would be fun to get even more people, you know, bring together some of the community and, you know, have some fun topics, especially if it means venturing more outside of the sports world, because you and I are very good at doing that. And it, I know. it can be a struggle <laughs> every, sometimes. The, to, every time we do this, the, the more we do this, the more I realize like, man, I don't, I, I'm, I'd like to think I'm very knowledgeable about sports, especially football and, and, and whatever, uh-huh. but man, it makes me realize how, how useless I am when it comes to the other stuff. And so, <laughs> Uh, I mean, even though I watch a lot of movies, uh, yeah. outside of that, I, I I definitely need to expand my, uh, expand my horizons outside of sports. Yeah, so it's yeah, like watching, sure. so watching yeah. new shows like Ted Lasso or, um, maybe trying to try other music or whatever. Yeah, definitely, definitely get into more shows. Um, yeah, if, if especially Ted Lasso. Follow accounts on Twitter that aren't strictly sports related yes maybe you know check the trending tab <laughs> yeah. see oh is there yeah. anything going on in the world yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, oh yeah i i heard about this injury did you hear about that injury and that covid uh thing like no uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all right that'll do it we'll be back in 2022 we'll talk football we'll i mean normally it's 2022 starts and we're getting ready for the playoffs we're still gonna have a week of the regular season to get to so uh, you know, we'll we'll certainly have lots of football going all the way in the middle of February in the Super Bowl, and then we'll find other things to talk about in the meantime until the uh, free agency starts, and then the draft, and then off season. So yeah, top five week of the year, right? The NFL draft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Top ten. Top ten. All right. For my co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See you in 2022.